I don't need like a banana stuck in there and like <laughs> I don't need like a dick and balls like with a banana and two cherries, you know, or whatever they're doing. I don't need a banana stuck in there. Jonathan Watkins, uh, circa 2020. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And today, Hughes. Eat your Wheaties. We write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. I, I will. I will eat my Wheaties, today. It's a breakfast of champions. What is that? What is that look? I just don't know where that came from. <laughs> like, I know where it came from. I, thought I was going to say, well, but... Danae, let me remind you of what we were talking about 30 <laughs> seconds ago before we started recording this episode. I just feel like I'm losing my I'm losing my edge. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so are you telling me your intro response is your edge? Like that's that's yeah. where that's how you've defined your ability your to mojo. be a great podcaster. It's worse than that. It's my peak of the entire show. <laughs> it's right at the very beginning, and then everything else I do is just downhill. Oh, man. Uh, what is your favorite cereal? Since we were since we were talking about eating our Wheaties, like what, what's like your guys' go to for breakfast? Like what's your well, go to? There's a difference between right. What's your go to and what's your favorite? Like your treat. So you know, like what's your daily and what's your treat? Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> no, I also I also I love Apple Jacks. Maybe that's that, that'd be right. Apple Jacks is just like Fruit Loops, but one of the fruits. <laughs> Fine, uh, Fruit Loops and. Rice Krispies with a ton of sugar. <laughs> nice. At least it's a different shape. Good job. That's my, hilarious. My favorite is <laughs> Fruit Loops, but when I like to get really crazy, I just take out all the fruits but well, the apple. <laughs> <laughs> Apple's the best. I do like Apple Jacks, actually. Those apple are Jacks are so good. Yeah. What about you, Danae? Um, My favorite breakfast cereal is called Basic Four. Oh, yeah. No, and I it's... know Basic Four. That's great. And there's something about the textures and the flavors all together. I just love the combination mm-hmm. of this particular uh, cereal. Yeah. They have this coated, no, no, it's a, it's a sweet fruit, a coated vanilla cluster, mm-hmm. a crunchy almond, and then the uh, rice puffs. Yeah. But the sweet fruit is my favorite part. I don't know what the fruit is, and it may be something I shouldn't ask. <laughs> but it's apple. Um, it's apple. Yeah, it's apple. It's one of those cereals that when I was really broke, I would look up at it and be like, "Can't afford you, guy." Yeah, it's an expensive cereal. It is. Yeah, it's not one that's a cheaper one. Um, never, I don't think I've even heard of it. Is it just kind of like a? It almost sounds. I don't know. I guess it's not like anything. Actually, I can't think of what I'd compare it to. I don't like that it says basic in it because that's kind of an insult now. <laughs> Cereal so basic. I when you ask that question, I realize I haven't had it in a long time. So, it so is your, it's your treat. It's not your go-to. It's your treat. Like it's your favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. What's my your go-to? go-to cereal? Um. Oh, wow. I just don't usually eat cereal. So oh, that's a harder yeah. question. Well, you're lactose intolerant too, so you don't like usually do the milk. Thing. Oh, I'm not. I'm not yeah. supposed to drink milk, but I I do for cereal. Although I usually do almond. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my wife does. Almond milk, pretty much now. Um. I my go to is uh, raisin nut bran, uh, which is like the the bran cereal with raisins. 
that are covered in nuts. Uh, like in case that was like seventy-five-year-olds eat. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say, which is like what grandpas eat. Shut up. I'm sorry I brought it up. That's my go-to. No, and, it's no, just and funny. It's, it gets worse. It gets worse because it's my go-to because I need the brand, guys. Listen, I need the brand. I'm just saying. I, I I do not need the brand. Uh, I need less brand. If it's anything. just so funny because how you deliver it. Like I know when you go back and listen to it, it's like it's called raisin, raisin nut, nut brand. Brand. And what it's it is, amazing. it's a brand cereal. Anyhow, that's my go-to on a day-to-day basis. Uh, hey, but you're gonna keep your teeth, so that's the important thing. I mine will probably be gone. Thanks. I mean, I mine's that. not any better. Mine's basic four. <laughs> no, I immediately when you said basic four, I thought raisin nut brand, but then that, yeah. that was gonna be my comparison, and then I was like, that probably isn't the same. Thing. Now, if I want to get crazy, By the way, what Fruit Loop, what Fruit Loop color tastes like apple? None of them do. I don't know what you're talking about. Now that I think about that, none of those taste like apple. He's like, I will defend my cereal to the death. I, but I'll eat a lot. Like Frosted uh, Flakes is good. Um, oh sure. Oh I, yeah. Fruity I Pebbles. I, I don't like I don't like marshmallows. So like Lucky Charms has never been like one I've really. Got. So anything with marshmallows has never been. I also don't like peanut butter flavor cereal. That's never been a Ooh, thing man, for me. The Reese's the Reese's cereal uh, Reese's Puffs. That's some good stuff. Uh, but Fruity Pebbles is my treat. Uh, I, Fruity Pebbles is just like it's it's perfection in a spoon. Like as far as like a sugar rush, like I just I I love fruity pebbles, so that'd probably be my treat. Um, but yeah, but yeah, the the three cereals we keep all the time are raisin nut brand, honey bunches of oats, and honey nut Cheerios. So we're really crazy at our house. And those are our three go tos. Uh, fun stuff. Who knew Who knew we were going to talk about cereal? See, Danae? Who knew? You, see, you're, it was perfect. Your Your intro was perfect. Uh, let's get into the show. Let's do this inside scoop. What's he building in there? We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we're sending in general. Kick it off with some TV sins. Grey's Anatomy, Bring in the Pain. Uh, this is a Hughes no Wa- kidding. Watkins <laughs> script. Uh, so Danae and Jonathan wrote on this. Uh, I Again, I'm not a Grey's Anatomy person, so I'm seeing all this stuff for the first time. I will say neither of the videos we've done have encouraged me to want to become a Grey's Anatomy person. <laughs> this does not look interesting no to me at it. all. When uh, it was when I when I saw it was called Bring the Pain, I thought we were going to be doing the uh, the railroad or what was it the the people that come in with the pole stuck between them. Do you know what I'm talking about, Danae? Oh yes. Which is actually the episode after this. The human skewer. Yeah, which is actually the episode after this, which I thought was really funny. But when it said bring the pain, I assumed that's what we were going to be watching. But no, we're watching the porn one where the guy's <laughs> watching porn so he's not in pain. What were they? That Seriously, though, this was an episode like right after this, Aaron, where there was a... I can't remember how they got stabbed. It was probably a javelin throwing contest or something. No, it was something. like, wasn't there like a storm or something? Or God, I don't remember now. But yeah, it's literally these people come in. I think Brittany Snow's like one of them. And they've just got this pole, like they're, this pole is keeping them both alive. Yeah. It's, that show's messed up, man. But it was, it, it was fun for a while. It is messed up. And I don't know, I think the people who watch it are people who love obviously dramas or like, um, oh, what's it called? Just soap operas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta watch my soap. Gotta watch my stories. So they love that. Yeah, the stories. My stories. <laughs> they love that. And then you know you're kind of mixing in that. Well, ER was ER first or was Grey's Anatomy first? Oh, ER, oh, was, ER first. was first. Yeah. ER was. Okay, the that's 90s. what I thought. So this is like 
you know, a different take on. I mean, well, the intro, just look at the intro of the people who are like on the gurney under the sheath with their little feet, just naked. They're just like, and they've of course changed the intro over the years. But when it first started, it was just so much about like, okay, who's having sex with who? And that was, that was the main, that's mm. the main reason to tune in. It's not really. And then of course the wild and crazy stories about who comes to the, the, the hospital. Right. This is, this definitely, I think begins to show where they're willing to go with the weirdness. You've got like a woman who's missing her soul. You've got somebody stuck in an elevator who needs to have surgery. Uh, and, and, and people who aren't actually doctors yet are going to do it. Uh, you've got, you know, <laughs> like there's just so much crazy stuff can going I, can on. Can I ask all about the, the porn guy? Since I haven't seen this episode, can I get some clarification? Yeah. Did he just need release? Was that his thing? Like he was in pain if he didn't get release he, or something? And so they they facilitated that because it appeared as if she was trying to read him like porny stuff at the mm -hmm. end so he could she get was, off. She was creating it. She was like just telling him stories because the electricity went out, so he couldn't watch porn and manage his pain anymore. So she and was. Then, well, that's what I'm saying. So porn. his pain is related to he has to ejaculate or he has pain. Like, what's the? I didn't understand. I think it's it. just the stimulus of releasing the dopamines or whatever. But, it's but, just the the titillizing yeah, nature. Yeah, and when porn. the power went out, she discovered that it wasn't bullshit. Like he was, like he was in an insane amount of pain once he couldn't watch are it you, anymore. Are you talking psychological pain or physical pain? No, he was physical. in physical pain. He had actually like his like she says okay. that whatever your dopamine levels and all that stuff was up. Like he was, in, he couldn't like he was having a struggle, so he had like chronic pain. That's okay. He was allergic to other meds or or mm -hmm. they put him in a coma so of course they was. were just saying they were saying you know if you just constantly watch porn now it, and by they i don't mean the doctors at the hospital it was like <laughs> he already had this going on before he came to the hospital there's there's a great moment though where they first come in we didn't show this because there wasn't really a sin thing in there but there's a great moment where they first come in and the wife's just like in the corner like knitting or something yeah, and then like crocheting. somebody's like what is this and then she kind of leans she she leans in she's like you know lusty cheerleaders and then she leans back in uh part four <laughs> like it was just it was really funny okay um, so uh, so it's just weirdness it's just it, it just it feels like something that is a uh you know some sort of story a guy would tell you know to you know facilitate no yeah i didn't know yeah sort of so but because situation. it's this show it ends up because it's this show though it ends up being a thing of course it's of course it's real yeah hey real quick yeah. so i don't sound like an idiot the episode after this is called into you like a train and <laughs> okay. it's uh it's it's not britney snow but it is monica kina who is you know for those that know who that is she's the britney snow of dawson's creek so you know discount britney snow got it discount you britney snow monica kina um but yeah so it was a train wreck and then they yeah god i don't know i thought that was the one we were doing but this was this was i think this would have this was an easier one to send than that one well it's i think this one this one has its epic quote-unquote epic mm -hmm. moment because you've got the Derek and mm -hmm. meredith will they won't they which happens a lot and there's always a will they won't they are several going on at the same time as is this type of show um but you have like Derek essentially trying to decide if he's going to leave his wife and you've got Meredith saying you have to show up and then you know like does he show up and so that's probably one of the reasons why this one would be considered one of the more popular moments then there's also Christina Yang who um, ends up telling her boyfriend that she wants to be serious so for those that are watching for the relationship developments and drama those are kind of the big things that happen. I thought it was great when you mentioned, um, are we supposed to be rooting for her? Because I was always Team Addison, just FYI, when I watched the show back then. <laughs> yeah, 
she's amazing. Uh, well, let's move into the video itself then. And uh, I didn't write on it, so uh, I'll go ahead and go through some stuff that uh, I really cool. liked. Uh, the uh, If you want to know whether or not you're having sex after the date, sneak a peek at those lovely lady limbs at some point in the night uh, made me laugh. Uh, and then the, uh, do they have to tell you about getting shot? I believe the people falling down in agony after <laughs> getting shot gets the point across just as well. Uh, I loved that one. Well, it's so, it's so true, right? Because, uh, what, what does it mean? I didn't know getting shot would hurt. Oh, who says that? <laughs> How, like, you don't even have to see it on know. TV or the movies, like to understand that a projectile entering your body and your organs is going to be painful. Like, uh, yeah, I just, that, that was, that was fun to me. Um, uh, oh, just be sure, you say? <laughs> good thing we took the Be Sure 101 class in med school. So good. That was that was a good O, too. You're, oh, oh, thank you. No, it's something oh. I do. It's something I'm doing now when something's obvious. I'll be like, oh. And so I, <laughs> I throw it in for the narrator. It's like Downton Abbey. It's uh-huh. like a Downton yeah, Abbey O. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, yeah, anytime you want to throw an O in, I can, I can deliver. <laughs> Um, and the uh, or double bubble gum could work if we're just throwing out ideas. And then the story about the carpenters bee uh, hive, which I assume is an, an actual story, uh, but it, yes, it, it is. made me laugh. And it's so beautiful that it finishes with anyway. I'm convinced my childhood regret is a better story than what I'm watching now. Uh, made me Speak- laugh quite a bit. Speaking about how interesting the editing process can be, that that double bubble thing, like on one pass. We didn't catch. Well, a it was misspelled and it was not capitalized. Yeah, and we ca- we caught the misspelling through one pass, but then didn't think about it being capitalized. And we had to be like, "Wait, sorry." To, yeah, we need to yeah, also thank capitalize God for Jonathan because I was the lead on this one. I missed it in the combine process. Yeah, we missed it. In the we missed too. it in the review, and then on the final edit, it's like, oh, not only was this spelled incorrectly, but it also need and there's in two places. So <laughs> thank God for Jonathan catching well, that one. We would have. We could have heard from that. It's definitely one of those things that I would have had to look up because you could have put three different versions of Double Bubble in front of me, and I wouldn't have been able to tell you which one was the the real brand because it could be Double Bubble both spelled like bubbles spelled. It could be Double Bubble both spelled like doubles spelled, or it could be both of them spelled correctly. So, Or for all, all I know, maybe they spelled them both wrong. Maybe they did Double like bubble and bubble like double. I don't know. It's just a whole bunch of trouble. So, Hey, hey Aaron, that's the sin, so I'm going to need us to... <laughs> redo that one yeah that's a real true story um i wasn't a kid i was a i was in in my early 20s and i was living uh in my first place outside of my home and we had a carport and there was this massive carpenter bee their heat like this thing was gigantic yeah and it was buzzing around and so without thinking one day i plugged it i plugged up the hole with a massive wad of chewing like above double bubble gum and didn't think anything out i thought okay they'll find a new way out well, they didn't. Um, Killed them they all. bored through the gum, uh, I guess, the next day because I could still see like a ring of pink gum around the opening. And then at the bottom of the carport, like just directly under the hole was a gigantic dead bee. And I was like, I Ooh. killed it. <laughs> I was I felt so bad. And anyway, it's there you go. I guess this is a this is a way that it can release out into the world and a, right. a, a, a true public very global apology what 
what you meant for evil, God used for good today. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God. Uh, what about you guys? Uh, Jonathan, what are some of your favorites from the, from the um, video? I had um, Izzy has better chemistry with a ghost. That one was funny <laughs> because I had written, because that's the thing, this show is so insane. And, you know, Danae's actually up to date on it. I actually had to ask my wife a few things too while I was writing it. She was home while I was writing it, thank God, because she's like you, she's seen every episode. But I had remembered that there was this, I think this was around when I stopped watching it. There was an episode where Izzy saved the life of a deer. And so originally I had that as part of the sin. Like, you know, she had a better relationship with that deer she saved in the parking lot or whatever. Which, and I think that was right after she had pissed off Shonda Rhimes too. So I feel like that was probably a, like, that's fine. Here, you get to save the life of a deer in this episode. <laughs> Dumbass. Um... But then, but then Danae's like, we should do the thing about the ghost. And I was like, oh my God, I fucking forgot about the ghost. <laughs> like where she's actually having a relationship with Jeffrey Dean Morgan's ghost. Wow. Guys, like, what is this show? What is this show? It's a, what I'm just is telling you from show? the outside, guys. What is this show? Really? <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Because that whole Jeffrey Dean Morgan thing is so sad too. I mean, Denny, right? That was his name, Denny? I think so. It's been yeah. a while, but yeah, maybe. And he died, and that was actually one of the better storylines on the show. And then they totally ruin it by bringing his ghost that's into a guy it. From, uh, that's the guy from Walking Dead, right? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, God, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Negan, right? Negan, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he's in Watchmen, and yeah, right. he's, I mean, the movie, the movie Watchmen. Right. And uh, yeah, to, he's in a bunch of stuff. To the point of, like, what is this show? I really love that we threw in that Shredder joke. You know, about like the <laughs> mm-hmm. episode where like the tiny shredders come in and, and yeah. which of which didn't ever happen. Yeah. But because of this type of show, somebody might be like, Did that happen? Well, and that's the fun part I of that was, particular. I one. am that person. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if that's real or not. But <laughs> what I know about this show, it might be. And then I already mentioned the are we rooting for her, but I really also like the uh, how long does it take to allow open flames in a hospital? That was a uh, mm-hmm. that was a good one because that that whole scene was ridiculous. God, so much happened in this episode. I, I, I we did. completely looked over the whole like uh, shaman or whatever came in. <laughs> it did, man. There's so much. Um, I loved working on this script with uh, with Jonathan slash Jeremy. <laughs> Sorry, it was a little throwback to my mistake. From oh, but you're good. It, um, I mean, I love working with everybody, but there's there's certain scripts that, like stand out. This is one for me working with you, Jonathan, because when I was and maybe it's just because this show is so cynable, but you were like on fire, and I like so much of our stuff was just like we really just tore this thing up, and it was a lot of fun. This this so. was one. Barrett always says stuff writes itself. This was one that kind of wrote itself, I think. Yeah, was, you were like in the zone. There was um, so much just like sexism and it's everything ridiculous There's... things happening. Oh my god, that lighting in the elevator that you pointed out, like that spotlight on Karev. Like, what the hell? I know. Um, I did like how he worked in the Izzy stuff because you know behind the scenes, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the uh, what what's her name? Catherine uh, Heigl. Mm-hmm. She really pissed a lot of people off um yep. which i could talk about a little bit in keeping tabs but essentially after she did this global piss off thing uh she was like gone from the show and even though she was one of the most popular characters so i like that we kind of threw in a couple yeah. shady sins and, sort of to that note and i thought i i didn't think it was right to to go that to i couldn't figure out a way to go there but it was also interesting that the isaiah washington uh and and george uh, they had a couple like 
really nice moments together. And then you think about in real life what happened with those two, and it was it was really weird. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but I saw no way to really tackle that in a in a in a in a sinful way uh, without um, it being like mean. I also thought I thought it was fun to do like the hey it's me from the future and I was right you know thought that was just kind of mm-hmm. a fun play. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, why does it have to hurt to be so hard or what does it have to be so hard? It's not hard. It's painful, but it's not hard. And then it's like, well, you're sexing wrong. <laughs> I, that was fun. And then I really enjoyed being able to throw in a Gandalf outtake for the shaman mm-hmm. being late, and then you know the wizard isn't late. He <laughs> arrives precisely when he means to. Um, hearing those kinds of outtakes are are really fun. So yeah, nice. Was it really a shaman? I don't because I don't want to offend anybody if I said the wrong yeah. kind of thing. No, oh, it was a shaman. I think they okay. called him a shaman. I in think the, you're in right. Show. Yeah, yeah. Some kind of mystical healer. Yeah, they believed that she was ill, and be- if you get ill in that culture, it means that part of your soul is missing. So they have to bring in a shaman to reconnect you yeah. with your soul before you can have surgery. And I will say, the moment where she's talking to Meredith about that was actually a nice moment. Yeah, like, they, like this show has like. It has good actors for the most part. It has like there are nice moments in it, but then they just they do something insane. You're just like, yeah. never mind. You got porn guy over here on the side. Uh, I laughed a lot. Uh, I do not watch this show, but I am glad I'm watching the videos and I'm glad you guys are writing them. Uh, yeah, it is, it is a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Jake and Amy. This is, of course, the wedding episode of our beloved Jakami. Is that is that the couple name of them? Jakami? Is that, is that what we're going so. with? A make? I don't know. Uh, this was a Dicer Hughes <laughs> script. Today and I writing on this one. Um, yeah, I've, I've said my piece about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Anybody have any uh, additional? Like, Danae, are you continuing to see this show in a better light? Like, starting to figure out, you know, like, I'm kind of liking this? Or are we going backwards now and you're not liking it anymore? <laughs> I think I might be slipping backwards. Okay. Something about the the back and forth of Jake and Amy and how I don't find it realistic. I know that that's not always the point of what we are watching on television. And there's Especially certainly elements show. of... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like when they made fun of that kid's face, I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't understand your guys' relationship. It's just, it seems like it's always just nitpicking and banter and it's all really, really fast paced, this sort of like really frantic energy. Mm-hmm. And, but it's also just me watching very selective parts of this entire sure. series. Sure. So sure. I don't know. I just, I go back and forth. After watching this one, I'm, I'm outside of wanting to watch it. And yeah. I was just last week being like, I think I'm going to watch it. So it's just this wishy washy feeling. Yeah. Well, this is more of a generic one too, because this is definitely like a you know like a season finale. It was this was a season finale, right? Of that fifth season or whatever. In and, fact, uh, in fact, it was uh, before it aired. Right before it aired is when they canceled Brooklyn Nine Nine, and this was going to be the the last Brooklyn. Oh, Nine-Nine. that's right. And then it got picked up. It by, got picked uh, up within forty eight hours because of fan yeah. response. So like, and that was that was the joke, the the backbone for the joke that you wrote about. Yes, things um, getting uncancelled yeah. around this time. Yes, in the nine nine. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but um, yeah, that was a whole weird thing because that was one of those things too, where I don't think it was like a. It wasn't like it was because it was on Fox, right? And mm-hmm. now it's on. Now it's on NBC. NBC, I think. Yeah. But I think like NBC, like I think Universal owned it, so like Fox wasn't wasn't really making money off of Correct. it, even though it was a decent hit. Yeah. Because uh, this TV ratings now are so different. 
Um, it was something like that. I can't remember, but yeah, I forgot. I, yeah, that's right. Until you wrote that sentence, I had forgotten about that, but, but it's a pretty generic thing. Like you've got the, like a wedding, which is a very traditional sitcom thing. And then you've also, on top of that, you've got the ex-boyfriend or, well, I guess, I don't think she was, he was, I like him by the way. I like that. I do too. I think he's really funny. I like him a lot. He's, he's had a lot of, uh, sitcoms that have not done well. We, we um, watched one. What was the one where it was about a, a, a wedding? I think like it was all about getting ready for a wedding hmm. and there was it was like a comedy of errors. I thought oh, it was yeah, that sounds that sounds familiar. But yeah, it got canceled. Um, and so you had that and then you had the whole thing with, you know, with Holt. So but I, but I thought for a wedding episode, this is one of the better ones. I think like I, I preferred this over Ross and Emily that well, we covered on Friends. Yeah, me too. You, and you mentioned yeah. um, Danae falling kind of out of love with the show on this one. And it's so focused around Jake and Amy, as is the name of the episode. Uh, and I, for one, and I, I, I think I'm in the minority of Brooklyn Nine-Nine fans, although, Jonathan, I think you joined me here. I, I never was really, truly invested in their relationship. Like you said, yeah. uh, Danae, it, it just, it, there, it doesn't feel real or right to me for some reason instinctually i'm i can't even really put my finger on it i just never yeah, really bought into them they come out with funny things like they have funny moments and stuff together and the actors play well off each other sure. but no i know what you mean like I, i'm not like if they hadn't gotten married i would have been like okay that's fine like i i definitely wasn't like you know pull it's not it's def- going back to friends even though that is a crazy relationship you're still kind of pulling for ross and rachel right like right. from a right. just from a fan standpoint I don't think you really have that with Jake and Amy. Yeah, I think I just put um, my finger on it. It, it, it. They're in competition with each other all the time. Right. And I don't. I don't relate to that kind of thing in my own personal life. So no, that's a that's great probably point. part of it. Because you beat your husband at everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm just the winner. Yeah. You know. By the way, I don't that joke about that kid's, I thought that joke about the kid's face was. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> well, and it can be funny because it's not an actual kid that we ever see. Exactly. Or know. Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, so. No, it's a great sin. It's a great sin. Do not get me wrong. I just, I, um, I just thought that joke was. I do want to say before we start going into our faves, also, I I was lead on this one as well. And this was one where when I got this script, similar to Jonathan's, I'm like, they're all so good. Like, (laughs) so I love working with you guys because it's just like I can, you know, when you're thinking about putting a script together and you've got such good stuff to work with, it's the pressure sort of off in a way where I'm like, I was maybe having a little bit of a lame day and you just covered all that right on up. And you said you wanted to talk about this because this is the one where you were sending a message about how you were happy to work with us and all that stuff. And then I, as I sent a thumbs up, (laughs) you sent a message that said, in fact, it's made me a little teary eyed. And I'm like, hey. Cool emotion. Yeah, like. Cool, like, glad you're upset. Not, I did not know about the crying <laughs> portion before I sent that thumbs up. Yeah, that was one of those hilariously like, comedic <laughs> misfire, right? Like where, where I'm, <laughs> you're like, cool, whatever. <laughs> well, the uh, the feeling is absolutely mutual. Uh, we're working on a script together right now. Where you just sent me a script yesterday, and it is it is a you know a a shorter you know sitcom kind of thing and we had together like over a hundred sins and i'm just like it, it was just like and i'm like i don't know what to cut they're all so good it's just like, well you guys sent me one this week where i was like this is probably way too many sins but i don't have a strong opinion on cutting one so whatever we're keeping them all uh so yeah, yeah so no the was, feeling is definitely it was mutual. a fun one um, it also was cool, like to watch it to see the marriage and see all the shenanigans, and I can see why it was, you know, definitely a fan favorite for sure. A little and on a cliffhanger as to whether their job was uh, Captain Holt got his job and 
just you know well and the whole the whole thing is way more interesting right and that's the people because i mean that's one of the most interesting things about this show is his character where he's a he's a gay uh black man who had to work like back in the what 60s or 70s i guess when it was like you know definitely not okay like you know it was not accepted and that's been an interesting thing that the show's never been afraid to tackle and so the idea of him getting to become uh what is he trying to become sergeant maybe cap um well, he's already a captain i don't remember now commissioner, commissioner maybe yeah commissioner um yeah so like that actually ends up being a pretty interesting like storyline and I, I i care so much more about that than i do jake and amy getting married <laughs> well and i actually <laughs> like him and his husband more than i do yeah jake and amy together you know what i mean like oh I, oh yeah that guy i can't remember that actor's name but he's he's great he's yeah. in a lot of the like christopher guest movies and stuff yeah I also, for the first time as a casual watcher, just as we're sinning, got to see the one guy's obsession with Jake more in this. And I kind of referenced oh, it last week. <laughs> yeah. But the his his sidekick obsession. Guy, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're telling me I ruined your wedding, I will kill myself. <laughs> yeah, that was that was thrown around a little too casually a couple times in my for me. But um, yeah, I was really. It was funny to see like how. I think he said uh, even to to Amy something about like the next thing you have to do is make babies, make more Jakes. And I'm like, God, <laughs> what is wrong with this guy? Yeah, yeah. Well, that is that is Andy Samberg's sense of humor. He loves taking something, a personality trait or whatever, and just finding out what it looks like turned to eleven. And it's yeah. just, he, and he's really great at making it hilarious. It's this, it's this, just like this elevated reality that is not real in any way whatsoever but says something real about us as human beings like it's yeah. I, I don't know I'm, I'm really impressed with him i think he does there was great a work. sweet there was a sweetness to when they are getting married and it kind of the, the the camera cuts over to him sitting down and just how giddy he is that jake is getting married <laughs> yeah that was really sweet i did enjoy that i thought that was kind of cool and i did like amy getting to say your butt is the bomb yeah that no, that's hilarious. actually made me laugh yeah it's really funny. that a genuine, real laugh yeah. at that part for me. It's the that's first like time I've laughed at the show. Such a great that's callback. something my wife would say, just because I have no butt, so she would say that just to be funny. But uh, it would be awesome. I think. I mean, they... I actually, I don't want people to think like I don't actually have, like I have a butt, but I don't. You, never mind. <laughs> Everyone, think about Jonathan's butt. <laughs> I'm just like a straight back, basically. There's just, it's just, it's just shoulder to ankle. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan, uh, since we wrote on this, what were some of your thoughts about the, uh, oh, the video? Um, I liked um, the whole do Corgis have spines conversation was very fun. <laughs> Dude, um, I'm telling you, I, I that sin is legit. When I paused that, I was like, what is going on with this dog? Yeah, like, it's weird. It really, It's an optical illusion. It's so yeah. crazy. Uh, I also liked you guys' comments on frosting. Um, I'm not a huge frost. Well, I don't really mind it, but I just like the whole idea. Like, you know, it's now simply a frosting. It's no longer a cake. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really funny. And then I liked the terminology. B plots only exist because of a holes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a great, which is very that was true. A great one. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was fun to construct. Some jokes are are you just have to construct them, you know, like put them together so they make sense. And yeah, uh, like that one because I remember I noted that when I was like, I was like, that's a, like I really like this set and I want to keep it. I was like, but it's kind of funny that we're actually making fun of a B plot that actually kind of works like better <laughs> right. than no, the A plot, true. you yeah. know? Yeah. 
But yeah. but I mean, but we're sinners. I mean, we're sending the show. We're not you know we're not right. celebrating or whatever. Or we are celebrating it, but we're being silly. But you we're know celebrating I mean. it by sinning. We're, yeah, we're celebrating so. it as well. So it's yeah, totally fair. But it's just there's. I'm sure there's shows we've done where the B, that would have been awesome. You know, mm-hmm. with the just the super terrible B plot, like some of those Friends episodes, for instance, or Big Bang Theory or something. Yeah, but it works. Um, I loved, uh, just remembered a quote from my martial arts instructor. If size mattered, then the elephant would be king of the jungle. Um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with what's happening in the show right now, but they're making fun of a kid's face. So I had to take a mental break. Uh, it's just such, a, it's just such a well-constructed work through kind of how we sin. And I just love the whole process of that one. Um, and then I, the other one I had that, uh, that you didn't mention, Jonathan, um, was the, the line of ways that the daughter calls makes no sense whatsoever and it's something i completely missed and Mm -hmm. danae had this beautiful series of just how stupid that idea is starting from the fact that it's not in a hidden room it's out in the living room also why would she call jake if she's trying to save save amy and you know in the voice modulator and speaking so threateningly and all that stuff and i'm just like how did i in I think I even wrote back to you, Danae, on the in the script process that I was super <laughs> jealous of that that run because it's so true and it's so good and it's yeah I, I really like that part of the script. It was yeah great. yeah you you actually didn't say you were jealous you said you were mad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what it is. That's ang- I'm actually angry. I didn't think of all this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I was like, I don't usually hear about Aaron being mad. Now I know he's <laughs> kidding, but then I let myself go to this place. I I had where to go back really and were. Yeah. I had to go back and rewatch it when I read the script though cuz I couldn't remember like cuz to me like I I guess in my mind I just assumed it was some room after that was said, but then you go back and you're like, oh, that's like the, that's like a foyer no. or something." Yeah, it's, it's just out, out in the middle there everywhere. on the wall. Yep. God, that's it so makes... that scene's funny too where he tells uh, Charles to put his uh picture up there <laughs> so he can be a part of it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I want an arch nemesis. <laughs> what about you, Danae? Uh, you, you guys mentioned quite a lot. I did want to say that the cake really made me mad, and I was so happy with how it was sinned, like the Play-Doh art and all that stuff, which I know you guys kind of talked about. But I wanted to find a way to sin the construction of the cake, and I was trying to write something, but it just uh, it fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, sin, that sin came from a very real animosity I have towards fondant. Yeah. Uh, I I think cakes <laughs> cakes have become artwork, which is fine. But just do art and then serve actual dessert. Don't try to combine the two because you're sacrificing the dessertiness by you know making it such art. Uh, so yeah, I, that's that's a very real thing I've seen start to happen. That's annoying. I was me. so happy to see it in the script because the cake had to be sinned. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's definitely not cake and it wouldn't hold its structure. There's no way mm. that the, uh, the, and the exterior was so perfectly, you know, crafted. And of course it's just a prop, blah, 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 which is uh, ultimately why I just couldn't find a way in. So I really yeah. loved reading the fondant hatred and the cake hatred and seeing Jonathan's notes about like, yeah, fuck this cake. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> so great. I, um, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm, I, are you not a, fr- I guess you're not a frosty person, right, Aaron? No, no. I yeah, only I just, eat the cake. Part. I want the cake. Yeah, I want the cake. I'm yeah. actually super. We're we're all completely in agreement on that. Nice. We, just give me the cake. And if there's going to be frosting, let's let it be something other than that really sweet, just yeah. sugar frosting. Yeah. Cupcakes so. have become that too, though, because when they started yes. opening those cupcake stores, oh. they like have all this crap on there. It's like I don't mind like a like a thin layer. 
a f- like right. chocolate frosting or something, but that's all I need. I just need it's like, like a thin layer. It's like twice the height of the yeah. actual I just, cake. I just take a knife. I just scrape all that junk into the trash and I eat the actual yeah. cupcake. I don't need like a banana stuck in there and like... <laughs> I don't need like a dick and balls, like with a banana and two cherries, you know, or whatever they're doing. I don't need a banana stuck in there. Jonathan Watkins, uh, circa 2020. <laughs> no, but they do. Like if you go to those cupcake stores, which I don't even know if they're still like really surviving now. So that's kind of sad. Sorry. Cupcake Speaking angel. of um, 2020, the bathroom break yeah. in the year of our Lord 2020 <laughs> cracked me up. The you've been staring at your phone for 45 minutes. Yeah. And that was so good. And I don't know why I really love like the screw the universe. The universe is a dick. And then you wrote that's astronomist for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That, that one, was very funny. That one surprised me. Um, I also liked pointing out like how did the bomb even get up there? That the whole thing just kind of falls apart. Uh, so like a yeah. frosting cake. Yeah. It was a it was a lot of fun. Um and, and outtakes that I really enjoyed uh was because I couldn't find a cake angle, being able to put a cake boss outtake was fun because <laughs> there's like an epic uh moment in Cake Boss where they drop the cake that's mm-hmm. due that day down some stairs. Yeah. And the cake boss releases his inner anger and it was it's so uncomfortable to watch this is so <laughs> i highly recommend it this is so tangentially related but it's that same feeling uh did you watch the lego masters reality show where they did Mm-mm. intricate lego sculptures and amazing lego art pieces i saw bits and pieces but i, I didn't uh, watch the whole thing bits and pieces. Uh, oh yeah there, uh-huh. there was there was an episode where they spend six hours creating these masterful lego sculptures and then they have to roll them to the judging platform and they were rolling it and the wheel hit a lego a stray lego that had just landed on the floor or whatever and the whole thing just fell over and it was one of those moments where it was just like what do you do like you know and so they're they're trying to put it back together as best they could in the 20 seconds they had before judging and oh man yeah it was the worst oh, so, so that's, that's like that feeling where they present cakes at the end of like a cake baking mm-hmm. show yeah and the whole thing is they have to get it from their table to the judging table exactly. without it falling over yeah. and it's like six feet tall with yep. all these like same thing yeah yeah totally mm-hmm. they've they've yeah. done a few of those have you seen those snl sketches here and they've done a couple of times where the the, the people yes. are making those terrible cakes yes. and then one of the cakes like wants to be killed it yes. like actually comes it's alive sentient. yeah it becomes, it becomes sentient. It's like, please just and it's kill like me. all deformed and stuff it's like please kill me and it's like throwing up frosting and yeah. stuff it's yep uh, the last stuff. thing i'll mention was the uh, outtake for uh short circuit beautiful stephanie and that was great so. yep MVS this week was Blackpink. How you like that? Uh, so let's... I like it a lot. Thank you. <laughs> in your area. Yeah, Blackpink in your area. Jonathan, uh, you like this song? Is that what you're saying? No, I like it fine. I I really I'm a I'm a fan of Blackpink. I uh, when I started working on music video sins, that was when K-pop really was taking hold. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of K-pop videos, and they always were kind of the ones that I enjoyed the most. I'm down um, with I'm I'm definitely down with K-pop. I I I thought it was interesting. You talk about 
our job and we i think we're in this conversation uh earlier before the show about subtitling things and making sure it's correct mm-hmm. and i'm looking through the black pink script and there's korean subtitles in the script mm-hmm. and i'm just like that's next level <laughs> like copying the korean yeah subtitles you have to go and- uh genius lyrics i don't know how barrett does it i go to genius lyrics they'll do uh they'll do a translation yeah. and uh and uh and they'll have the the original, and so you can kind of put them up side by side, and uh, you know write it all out. So yeah, that's that's a little takes a little longer to construct the script sometimes, just because you got to write more. But uh, but uh, but no, it's fun. I, this isn't their best song. I think like they've had stuff before this that was a lot better, and it's and also a lot of their stuff sounds very similar. But every one of their songs seems that they're they're just earworm. They just get in mm-hmm. my. They get in my head and um, they're, uh, you know, they're really talented uh, women and they're really good. I don't know. I just, I enjoy them. I like them more than like BTS or something. Um, hey, hey, that's our podcast, man. Hey. Oh yeah, that's right. Hey. The band BTS. Oh, thank you. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> what did Barrett have to say about uh, Blackpink? How you like Barrett. that? Barrett. How did he like that? <laughs> How did he like it? Uh, he said also, because he was saying other things, we'll get to that conversation about Big in a moment. So let mm-hmm. me just... Let me just remove the also. Blackpink may be a shadow of their former selves, but they outdo any American group, male or female. That's all he had to say about Blackpink. Hmm. I don't have a lot of experience with Blackpink, um, but I am, I think, the, to quote Aaron, fascinated by them. Like, there's something about high energy performers that I, I always am mm-hmm. um, intrigued by, mostly because of this thing called the cardiovascular system. I don't have one, but um, I am like, I had a dream last night that I was being chased. Uh, my husband and I were being chased and he was outpacing me because he's healthy, right? Um, He can actually move his body and run and stuff. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and I'm just like, I don't know, like stuck behind <laughs> trying to, and my leg hurts, which my leg actually hurts in real life too. So that's probably like something that I'm working through in my sleep. But I'm like, in my dream, I'm telling myself, you really should walk more. <laughs> you really should start moving your body and hel- helping your heart and lungs to be at their best. <laughs> like you can't just sit forever. And this is in my dream last night. So when I watch performers of any kind, but then, you know, the kind that are able to, and I know that they're not, probably technically singing and dancing at the same time in a music video. Um, But there's just people who do, they can like move and sing and perform and remember choreography. And I'm like, cool. I remember to bring my water with me into my office today, which means I don't have to get up and go get it in the kitchen. That's, that's my big motion for the day. (laughs) If you watch them live though, I don't know it now. I don't know if they're lip syncing on their, you know, the live performances they do like on talk shows and stuff, but they were definitely doing the exact same dancing. Like they're, they're, they're working it. Um, No, they're talented. They, the couple of them have really nice voices. And then the one, a couple of them are really good with the, with rapping, you know, that kind of aspect of it. And uh, they, I think they, even though I'm sure they were like kind of put together because mm-hmm. they started in yeah. like 2016, they were all like, I think they're all like in their early twenties now. So I guess they were probably all like 18, 19 then. Right. Um, they've definitely, they still work well together as a group. And uh, you know, you wouldn't know that they were manufactured if they were. Um, I, I, I did start to do like a little digging around to figure out just what does a quick like black pink search yield. Mm-hmm. And you know how it kind of shows you the top, now, like when you Google something, you have all these little drop downs of mm-hmm. most commonly asked questions about Blackpink. Who is the leader? Why are they so popular? 
How old are they? And then who is the prettiest? <laughs> Lisa. And there's an and there's an answer. Sorry, it says Lisa. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Thought you were asking me. <laughs> oh my god, no! Why would anybody Google who's the prettiest? I'm, I'm they're just all kidding. No, they're, they're all they are all gorgeous. Why is there an answer? That's so stupid. Sorry. Uh, no, Black Pink's all, Lisa is Asia's gorgeous. most beautiful woman. I don't know. Who? Black Lisa, Black Pink's Lisa is Asia's most beautiful woman, according to this thestar.com. Uh, what are Black P- Pink haters called? They're called blackheads. Just so you know. <laughs> this is good information. Uh, this is good information. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I my research, of course, was on the lyrics, kind of what they're saying, and they, they really aren't saying much <laughs> here, uh, guys. Well, I, I was actually I... confused about that at first because I wasn't like when I first listened to it, I wasn't taking it as like a, a like a failed relationship. Yeah, uh, what or, was it about? Tell me. It, it's a failed yeah, relationship about, song. Yeah, a guy that oh, okay. a guy that pissed him off, and then they're like, "Well, look at me now, you know." I'm, and they're gonna kill I'm, him. I don't. Well, I don't know. If you if you Boy, believe you just what went Barrett dark, says, dark there, uh, Danae. <laughs> well, it got. <laughs> that's what that's one of my favorite I'm not parts. Want, of, I'm not gonna tick you off. The video. <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts of the video is like when it turns into this. <laughs> his sin is like I think this is a revenge movie and <laughs> reflexively guarding yeah. my crotch. Yeah, I had that one written down too. Because at first I kind of took it more as a mean girls kind of thing. Like, you know, look mm-hmm. at me, now look at you or look at you, now look at me. And uh, I wasn't even thinking about that. And then and then I after I watched it and I was looking more into the lyrics, I was like, oh, never mind. It's about something else, which I had to change yeah. up some of the stuff I wrote uh, after that. But that happens, Today, what especially else, uh... with songs that are not in not in English. And it takes me a little longer to figure yeah. out some things. Today, what else in the video did you uh, did you have circled? Um, I circled the uh, up is down, left is right, and I still have my erection. Thought that was, uh-huh. I just wasn't expecting that. I don't know why I don't expect it, but I wasn't expecting that. Um, but my favorite one was bringing the line back from a previous video, um, with Jeremy's voice coming in saying Lisa has wandered in- onto a live action remake of Aladdin and how yep. perfectly it still works. But then to follow that up with the clever, yep, still works, and the voice still sounds exact same. <laughs> yeah, like, that was It's just such a clever, multiple-layered sin mm-hmm. that really just speaks to our universe. And so hyper fans are really going to enjoy that one. So, of it's, course, I yeah, was... Yeah, I, I don't it. know why... I don't know why when I was watching it, though, like I remembered that like I just that sin popped up in my head when I was watching it. I don't know why I remembered that. That's awesome. Because that was from like two years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was the Boom is the name of that song. And um, and so I went back to that video and then and then I think I don't I think Barrett decided to use Jeremy's voice because at first I was thinking he would just say it. But then it made a lot more sense to use Jeremy's voice because then people would know what we were doing. Mm hmm. And then he uh, he added that bit too about the the voice sounding the same. So and his yeah. like um you know like it's he's doing so this, like clearing his throat. Yeah, it's, yeah. It worked out really. It worked out better than I than I even expected it to. So I was glad. I also like um, how uh, Jonathan you mentioned in the conversations behind the scenes about that you're pretty positive that you could use an old script on a new video oh, and it would match up by seventy five percent. Yeah, you de- you definitely could because they're because they're typically doing the similar things in each video and they they also even like they section them off about the same like. This person typically sings like the first part. This person sings. It's crazy because, and it's just because I've worked, I've watched so many of their videos for you know research, um, quote unquote. No, but seriously though, we've I think we've covered just about every one of their videos, um, and uh, yeah, so they're all very similar. But yeah, I think we could definitely that'd be fun to try. Anyways, I've always wanted just yeah. to put like an old script on something and just see how it works. 
<laughs> I thought we should have done it with uh, The Lion King, considering how oh, yeah, that exactly would be awesome. that movie is the same movie. Uh, the problem is then you wouldn't get the sins about that idea that it's the same. You Like, you know, the, right. the sins that have to do with remaking it. Um, I also liked Nobody Tells Me What to Do. I thought it was was really funny, that sin. And uh, the Kamala Harris shout out I thought was great, too. So, yeah, there's some fun stuff in here. What about you, uh, Jonathan? Um, I like the uh, Do They Have BTS Envy, I thought was really funny, which, of course, was referring to the the band and not us. Um, I always have to remind myself, though, you know? <laughs> and just the Blackpink in our area, that is something they've been doing since that Boom by Ya video. And I've always, Barrett and I both have always been like, that is such a weird thing to say. Like, I mean, I have a feeling like, like maybe it translates differently. You know, maybe it's a more common phrasing there, like in Korea. But like, I don't know, it just here, it just kind of sounds like you've got like uh, an STD or something. Yeah, necrosis of um, the vagina. And I was glad Barrett kept in my also <laughs> known as You said that so casually. Wait, what did you say? What did you as say? if you were a doctor on Grey's Anatomy and you're both talking about this thing. And then like, what, vaginal Dr. Dicer's like... Vaginal necrosis. That's a that's a very serious oh thing. Oh my god! We need to have surgery right away. <laughs> Prep the OR. You can't be mad that did I know what it's called. You say vaginal necrosis? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know. Oh my I don't god! Know. God, I hope not. That's so funny too, because didn't Sincast you? Didn't they do the vagina dentata last week? And yeah. They were talking yeah. about. Which I believe is a thing, um, or it's uh, definitely a horror movie thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I'm going to follow that up, <laughs> but I was very glad Barrett let, me, Barrett let me keep in the also known as pulling a Veruca Salt, because I was, uh, the Veruca Salt song, Volcano Girls, um, I don't know if you guys know who Veruca Salt, you know what I'm talking about, the band Veruca Salt from the 90s? Oh, I thought grunge. you were talking about Willy Wonka, but yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, this, is a, this is a grunge <laughs> band from the 90s, these uh, two women, um, they had a couple big hit albums, and uh, they had their first song was called Seether, that was their first and then on their second album, they had a song called Volcano Girls. And then it, towards the end of the song, they do they start playing the Seether and they say, we told you about the Seether before. So I just, when they repeated a previous song title in the Blackpink thing, that was like the first thing I thought of. Mm. So there you go. Very nice. Uh, let's move on to Cinema Scenes. Cinema Scenes. Fantasy Island. This was an Atkinson Watkins Script, Chris and oh my Jonathan writing on this one. Uh, we'll talk about the yeah. movie first, a movie I assume Danae has not seen. I have now, you know, because I watched The Sins video, right. and that counts. Um, we, sh- we, showed, we showed a lot of the movie. For sure. You did. I, this, Although it's still confusing, but whatever. No, this, mo- this movie's a mess. I remember watching this movie and going, oh, I, I pity the people that have to write on this. Because <laughs> it's just like, you every nothing makes sense, but you have to wind yourself around this plot to explain why nothing makes sense and it's just it's a movie that wanted a twist but didn't really need one actually and the twist just makes the movie completely awful and completely imperceptible so i i was enjoying myself through about 70 percent of this movie and then the twist happens and i'm like oh so this movie means nothing and makes no sense. I was never, I was never enjoying it. To be fair, no, I think the, I think, and it's even oh, the second time you watch it, oh, it's so much worse. But I was um, enjoying when it because you, of the people in it. Like I was having fun. Oh no, with, I like the people in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was having fu- a fun time, and then the movie was just yeah, like, it's like whatever. It's a bunch of people that like you, you've probably seen in like TV shows that you liked, and you know, like Maggie Q and Ryan Hansen, and um, uh, all of a sudden I forgot 
Um, Michael Pena. Pena. Michael Pena's in it. He's Pena. Thank but you. Um, Lucy Hale uh, from from one of my one of my favorites, uh, Pretty Little Liars that I've mentioned before. Um, but no, and she's also a fellow uh, Tennessean. But um, yeah, I like the actors. I didn't like the movie. I think it's one of those things. I think the twist is a good twist, but it needed a different movie before it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then so the movie that they chose to play needed a different twist or ending. And Chris even, he's the one who wrote the sin about, you know, here's, this could have been a cool twist, you know, when the guy says, what if this is my fantasy and you're just in it? And he's like, but no, it's just a, it's just a bad line and a, I mean, it's just yeah. a good line and a bad movie or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it, this movie, this movie's horrendous. Um, and the problem we had with it, or Chris did, because Chris did the combine. I'm glad I didn't have to do the combine after he explained this to me. But like, we wrote, this movie is so all over the place. Like yeah. it keeps, it keeps over, it keeps like stepping over itself. Yes. So we would write similar sins, but they would be in completely different parts right. of the movie. That's so what like I'm I would have a sin at the beginning that he would have at the end. So then he would have to go back and make sure that he kept having to go back and make sure we didn't repeat ourselves. And then I even caught a few uh, once he sent me the combine. And I don't know that's ever happened. Like I, that's, I just remember watching it and going, it is going to be such a pain for whoever yeah. writes this to figure out where to sin, what to sin. It is going to be a, a Gordian knot of sins as we've bragged about chris in the past and i think we've talked about this last week he is he is so good with plot Mm -hmm. like just being able to like you know tie the plot back together and where where they messed up so he i'm so glad he was on this um because he made my stuff make a little more sense right (laughs) today i learned what a gordian knot is <laughs> oh, did you just Google that? <laughs> yeah, I had to freaking Google it. I have to Google like seventy-five percent of what you say. <laughs> Apologies, okay, I'm sorry. That's a, that's a no, no. I love it. You teach me things. I would rather you talk smarter than me so that I can learn. <laughs> what did you find but, out about a Gordian knot? Does it make sense for the way yeah, I said it? What did you find out? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you just search for the word Gordian knot, then there's all these incredibly complicated looking knots, but it's based on a legend apparently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. The legend of Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) It it has come to mean like a, uh, like a difficult or involved situation where the problem isn't easily solved. Like where you have to work your way through it, through hoops and loops and to figure out how to solve it. So according to Wikipedia, which you should always just read without actually um, verify absorbing anything. Yeah, don't verify it. Uh, the interpretation of it is the knot may have been a religious knot cipher guarded by Gordian slash Midas's priests and priestesses. Robert Graves suggested that it may have symbolized the ineffable name of Dionysus that nodded hmm. like a cipher would have been passed on through generations of priests and revealed only to the kings of some word I don't know. Pharisia. Interesting. Pharisia. Now we're going to Google Pharisia. Hey, guys, just come along this journey with me. Um... (laughs) No, let's continue to talk about the actual video uh, itself, or the movie, I guess, if we weren't done talking about that. I think we were, though. We both kind of said it was pretty awful. I mean, the only only other thing I noticed the second time was that it was like i guess cuz when i went into it the first time i just assumed it was a horror movie but when i was watching it the second time i noticed how little of a horror movie it really is thankfully but it <laughs> for <huh>? me <laughs> thankfully for well, me well i mean i don't i don't really care but i mean either way i mean it obviously i watched a lot of i mean most of the stuff i mean i watch a lot of non horror too i watch everything but um i just assumed it's blumhouse and the way they do the trailer and everything i mean it just made it seem like it was going to be more of a horror movie but then you watch it second time i did realize they actually were basically adapting the show because that's mm-hmm. the way the show would be it would be 
be multiple stories and yep. maybe one would be a little more action oriented. One would be a little more funny and re- romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they kind of turned it into a slasher movie at the end, or at least they try to, uh, which is, which is really weird. Um, so I don't know. It's a mess. It is a mess. Can... It is a mess. Chris did say a lot of what you guys said. Do you want me to read what he yeah, said? Yeah. Or... What, yes, what please. It, after, uh, yeah, let's hear what Chris had to say and then we'll move into the video itself. He said, Fantasy Island has to be the most rule-changingiest movie that I've ever seen. The island sets up the fantasies, but it needs Michael Pena, thank you for telling me how that was pronounced earlier, to Ariadne, then maybe? I don't know that word. Is it Ariadne? Ariadna? Ariadne? Ariadne? I don't have have a slide pulled up. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't either. Google it. Google it, everybody. It never explains. Plus, the big reveal in the movie makes it seem that uh, like one person's fantasy is real and that the island isn't really in control of it, while everyone else's fantasy is just the island doing magic for them. I honestly never knew what the rules were. Just know that the movie makes no sense. The antagonist of the movie didn't need to invite everyone to an island for revenge, but it sets up the confusing actions that leads to the reveal the movie thinks is clever. Also, the fantasies are terribly boring. I mean, come on. Uh, Ariadne is also Greek mythology, uh, and it kind of means the same thing as Gordian Knot. Uh, she was known really? for ma- mazes and labyrinths, and yeah. It never kind of explains huh. itself. Yeah. That's why he said it that way. We're learning so much today, everyone. Yep. Classes and sessions. Yeah, but see, I never, and that's the thing. I mean, this movie's so, like, there's so much going on. I never even thought about the fact, thankfully, Chris did, where that, you know, her her fantasy isn't even really a fantasy. It's 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 straight up murder. Like, right. there's no fantasy there. It's so dumb. <laughs> like, it's the whole thing's so dumb. It's I just mean, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> It really yes. is. It's just it's so and it's it's so angry. I remember I'm remembering more now coming out of this movie just being very very angry uh, coming out of watching this because there's something playful and fun that is happening through a lot of this movie that you could almost give yourself to even as ridiculous as some of it is. But then the movie just decides it wants to be a twisty horror kind of thing at the end and Thriller, just yeah. ruins any kind of consistency the movie could have had like it just so it was angering it was like you had maybe something and then you just ruined it um but yeah uh let's talk about the video itself uh Danae, since you haven't seen the movie i'd be curious to hear your thoughts first well it's gonna sound a bit like a broken record but um kenzie uh wrote in the comment section, when I first saw the trailer for this movie, I thought, I'm going to watch the CinemaSins video to see what it's about. Well, I've watched the video. What is it about? <laughs> and that's pretty much my sentiments. Exactly. I've watched the movie. What is it about? <laughs> uh, so, you know, we've talked about just the the way that you guys expertly handled the complexity of picking apart the plot of a movie that continues to fall apart. That's not an easy thing to do. So I thought you guys did really good. I love the elevator snake button, the uh, mm-hmm. press the button that has no number. It's like, or well, you could have just said the bottom button or the one by the snake. <laughs> just that was uh, yeah. something fun that kind of circled back around in the script again later. Um, and then this thing about coordinating the island coordinating when everyone would have time to take off for vacation. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Not only the big plot things, but like that's a big one. If Okay, so everybody had to be here at the same time. How did the island coordinate that? And what is this magic? Yeah. So those are some of the, the some of the ones I really liked. I liked uh, also the don't say the plane. Don't say the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the plane. <laughs> that was very good. Uh, I liked him off as in first name Jack. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Made me laugh. And then for whatever, I know what reason, because it's wordplay, but the double the double day, double the portions oh, that was great, yeah. is so great. And 
hats off. That's that's genius fun stuff there. So I wanted to mention that. What about you, Jonathan? Um, a lot of that stuff. I, there's that part, too, where we talk about how it's ripping off Lost. And then that was one of those where I'm writing the sin. And then I'm like, I, I wasn't even thinking at the time that it was also it was a remake of a TV show. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. it could be ripping off its own its own TV show. But instead, <laughs> it's ripping off Lost. Um, I love the way Jeremy read. I do like my blood eyes to have a sense of dramatic timing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Chris at the end. Or, well, there's a couple of things. Chris, towards the end, the then he has to fight his ghost dad. But it's not Bill Cosby. So it's not really a threat. Threat. I thought that was really funny. Mm-hmm. And then he made his dead father proud. That's quite the trick. <laughs> that's what's <laughs> yeah. this movie's so dumb. It's not thinking about anything it's like these people are yeah. saying. Like, how does that you would never say that he made his father proud? Yeah. Yep. yep. His father's dead been dead for, you know, but I don't know. Oh, and then the idea that they could change all of a sudden they're acting like they can change the past, which no. Yeah. You can't do that. Like that makes no sense. This is a fantasy. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Right. Right. It's just nuts. It is an insane Gordian's not a Adriani kind of movie. <laughs> it's as if Adriani was trying to untie Gordian's knot. That's what it is. Let's there mo- you go. Let's move on to There's the sin. To Big, uh, a classic of our childhood. Danae, I'm gonna start with you. Have you seen Big? Yes. I, I was thinking you probably had. What do you remember about this experience, about the movie? Did so you I was enjoy pretty it? young when I saw it. Yeah. And I, I remember loving it for many reasons, but mostly I remember the you know loving the idea that I that there's a magic that exists that could make somebody instantly an adult to do whatever they wanted which is just a fun thing to think about when you're a kid yeah wish fulfillment kind of thing yeah wish fulfillment but not just like a but a wish that turns you into an adult that doesn't mean that you're in danger and doesn't mean you don't have food like you know right when you think about the pro the process of how any of this would really actually work it definitely is questionable right because he suddenly has a place to stay and a bank account and money and it's just right. you know that's all the real stuff version just... of this is a lot scarier and shorter yeah. and ends with a mental institution and yeah so yeah yeah or, yeah i mean like it's terrifying but to see the fantasy part play out you know being able to go into gigantic toy store and work at a toy story fact like and make toys and so there's a i just i remember loving thinking about that i remember um i all I remember the toy store thing. The first time I went to New York City, it was like, I have to find that toy store. Yeah. Like that's how big that, excuse the pun, scene was in my memory was that's the thing I remembered about New York City. It's not there and, anymore. No, it's not. Yeah. And the idea too, you know, that there's this childlikeness to uh, an adult and seeing the, an adult be so childlike, I think um, was maybe the beginning budding of my absolute love of Tom Hanks. Um, who I'm pretty sure this is the first movie I ever saw him in. And I'm pretty sure this is one of the reasons, if not the reason that he is in my top, top actors mm-hmm. that I love to watch. I don't and think you're alone. Obviously, no. And I, I mean, like now, all these years later, we have so much more that we've seen him in and we know how talented he is. But seeing him like in this role when I was watching the Sins video, it's been a long time since I've watched any footage from the, from the movie. Just so just to see him in that role, I was just this little kid enamored with this guy, you know, who to me wasn't an adult man. He was a kid. Right. So that was like the magic of that movie. So that and splash, I think he, I think I saw those either back to back or I don't know which one came out first, 
but it was a, the combination of those two movies that sealed my obsession with Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, Splash, Splash was like his first big hit. That came out a few years before this. I think it was 84, but okay. um, this was definitely what kind of skyrocketed him to the... Okay. Well, it's it's no wonder. I mean, it's just so fun to watch him on screen, you know, doing the things that he's doing. So, so yeah. Um, I do remember also being afraid of the Zoltar machine that terrified me when I was little. That was... Hmm one of the scariest things I remember watching when I was a little kid, which just goes to tell how much, you know, gummy bears <laughs> I watched on like on Disney. I was a Disney baby. So it's yeah. like, gummy that bears was, like they scary. were just that, like, they were bouncing here and there and everywhere. That, yes. Which I'm watching with my daughter right now. Oh, fun. she and I are watching it. And I'm like, God, this is terrifying. Like there's, this scary I was gonna show. say I was gonna say you said it like it wasn't a scary show. I remember gummy bears being no. terrifying. That but... was about as scary as it got for me for a while until Neverending Story and then Gamork, Gamork stuff, which yeah. was awful. Yeah. God help me. And not um, quite Ducktales level, but gummy bears theme song, <laughs> very good. Yeah, it gummy, was really yeah, addictive. Certain. Anyhow, we're getting off topic. Uh, so, what? So yeah, Us? I have I have a really really positive experience with Big. I saw this in the theater when I was 12, I think. I think that's how old he is, right? The the kid, he's like oh, 13 cool. or 12. Yeah. yeah, I turned 12 that year. I was 88. And um, I mean, I remember liking it. I don't know that I've ever been in the love camp. I definitely think as an adult, I've seen it several times. It's one of my wife's favorite movies, so I've watched it a lot. I think in, I think one thing about this movie, though, is I, Tom Hanks is the reason, is the reason it works. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. this movie is, this movie is like, I don't think this movie works at all without his performance. Um, so that's interesting. Not to, and that's not to belittle. Like, I think Elizabeth Perkins is really good in this too. Um, and she probably has the bigger, uh, obstacle to deal with, um, there towards the end of the movie. Yeah. She finds out that she, you know, bedded a, a 12 year old kid or whatever. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think this movie is a lot of fun. I think it definitely captures like Danae saying, I think it, I think it definitely captures like what I would have done at 12 if I had become an adult, like what I would have bought. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I had the access to buy stuff or, you know, what I would have wanted to do and that kind of thing, I think I think it I think it captures that and even like the little things like him, like playing like, you know, he's rolling around in a chair or, you know, stuff like that. Like he just he's he's just he nails that kid persona so well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's great. I agree with everything you guys said. I loved this movie growing up and uh, I just kind of. It kind of sits in the the back of my mind. I haven't really revisited it. So watching it through this video was Mm -hmm. interesting to me. And uh, I look forward to maybe watching it again someday. But it just, it's fun. It's just good feelings. You know, it just, it reminds me of good feelings. Yeah. Um, Chris and Barrett both wrote in on their thoughts about it. And then Jeremy jumps in with his thoughts on it too. (laughs) And then that turned into this back and forth. Me last night was killing me. Go ahead. Conversation um, that I am going to do my best, I guess, to read to you guys in its entirety while not being too much of Danae's voice at the same time. A little self-conscious of how much. Welcome to the Sins Team Slack. Channel where this is commonplace. My phone will just think- start going off sometimes, and I'm like, "Oh, what wonderful conversation is the Sins team getting into now? What did what did Jeremy cook today?" Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. So Chris starts off being the practical one by just talking about his experience with this movie. He says, "Big is still pretty magical after 30 years, uh, 30 plus years. This is the Tom Hanks we never got much of after he became an Oscar winner, which is true, right? Like." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, now that I think about it, but I missed that because he's got such great 
comedic delivery, you know. But I bet there's yeah, the eighties. He pretty much just did comedies. I'm gonna tell you. I bet there's a couple movies from the eighties that you haven't seen with Tom Hanks that you should probably see. The Burbs, if you haven't seen, is one of them. Oh, Oh, the Burbs is one of my. That's another one. My mom and dad see. They love Tom Hanks, and I've seen Mm -hmm. the Burbs, and that's one of my. Yeah, I love that one. That's a hilarious movie. (laughs) That my. That's one of my favorites of his for sure. It's such a great movie. Let's mm-hmm. hey, you know what? Let's just go watch it. That's a little dark. That's a yeah, little dark for is. today. It does get a little dark. You you never yeah, I don't remember how old I was when I watched The Burbs. It feels like it was a much later, but anyways, um It came out well, I mean it came out the year after, but I don't know when that means you saw it though. You, right, exactly. You, yeah. Um because I don't know if I saw old. these when they came out or if I saw them. Right. I don't know mm-hmm. when when I saw them. Right. Um I'm just when have I ever said let's stop and go watch a movie? <laughs> well, it, it's so rare that I genuinely considered it. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it's like wait, I this, have not this may never happen again. So let's long. do it. The I other, haven't seen that movie in forever. The other one was The Money Pit. Uh, is another one that if yep, you haven't seen, I've seen that one too. Yeah, you're Tom I, Hanks yeah, he's family. A, he'd, uh, I would not watch Bachelor Party, but that was another big one he did. Dra- Dragnet actually is very funny. That mm-hmm. was a year those. before Big. Uh, Nothing in Common with Jackie Gleason. The Man with One Red Shoe. He did a bunch of comedies in the eighties, yeah. and then kind of quit doing them. Yep. Uh, Joe versus the Volcano might have been like his last like true comedy. I don't know. There's probably something I'm missing, unless you count like Toy Story, you know, know stuff like thinking- that. I'm thinking about too those actors who do the thing where they they can kind of get pigeonholed into a particular role, yeah. and so good on him for branching out and having the ability to show his his chops. Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to what Chris was saying. Um, he said sinning it is a silly exercise for sure, but there are a lot of moments in this that can be picked on. The whole reason this movie shifts from New Jersey to New York is odd. Josh and Billy decide that their local Jersey government can't help them with their amusement park question, so they go to <laughs> New York for that. And oh. Yeah, Josh has to stay in a crappy crime-infested area around the old undisneyfied Times Square because how else is he going to end up getting a job in New York so that the movie can feel ahem bigger? Josh's uh, rise in the ranks of the toy company is more unbelievable than him becoming an adult after wishing on a Zoltar machine. How he's hired is unreal. Oh, and that lovely 80s working girl cliche where the more than competent Elizabeth Perkins apparently slept her way to the top of the company. It's not stated in so many words, but it's a thing. You used to see a lot of that in this era. All that said, it's hard to dislike this movie. It's still good after all these years. Nice. And then I think it was like the next day, Barrett jumps in and he says, big is good, big is great, big is wonderful. My favorite parts are where Tom Hanks nails the role of the tween. Like when he cries when he's alone for the first night or when he's playing with the pterodactyl and attacking everything in sight or when he's sneezing out silly string or holding the ball away from John Hurt's character when he's attacking him on the racquetball court. My least favorite part is after he's gotten coitus and is now a man. <laughs> um, and then Jeremy pops up. All caps. The best part of Big is when he eats the tiny corn like it's corn on the cob and it's the funniest shit I've ever and you cannot convince me otherwise even though I did not write on this Sins video and don't get to have a say. <laughs> <laughs> to which Bear replies, yeah, but why is he in the crudeton section at all? Jeremy replies, again, screaming, so he can make funny with the tiny corn! <laughs> and Barrett goes, 
You could have done that with a tiny drumstick or something, though. Yo, a 13-year-old would not be seeking out pickled corn, tiny or otherwise. He would find the meat carving station or the pizza bar or the cocaine or whatever they had at corporate parties in the 80s. Also, they waste a, a fucking ton of beluga caviar. That shit was the basis of at least one Frasier episode. Also, also the female protagonist. protagonist had to ultimately deal with the fact that she had sex with a 13-year-old. To which Jeremy replies, he thinks it's regular corn. That's why he eats it the way some kids eat corn, goddammit. It's <laughs> uh, good stuff. It's good stuff. I love our I love our Slack channel conversations. <laughs> the uh this some of the sins that I enjoyed, I right off the bat, the uh sorry for the pun, the baseball sins were great mm -hmm. with him doing this baseball fantasy that made no sense and going through all the different ways the baseball fantasy made no sense why would both teams come out onto the field why are there multiple <laughs> crowds why would the yankees star pitcher be in the bullpen at this point and why would the announcer say wait a minute like it's some huge revelation <laughs> i know he's just a kid but that's just plain crazy uh so i loved all that stuff uh the story of carney carney grows up to live a life of righteous criminal activity but that's a story for a different sin really made me laugh uh also given the lack of a pillowcase here i'd have to assume josh is sticking his face into a pile of gonorrhea uh, pile. A pile, a pile a pile of it of course uh in the i'm going to be 30 years old for the rest of my life paul rudd sin was really great uh and then timing the oz with the zooms which i thought was interesting um because we have the same concept in the Jake and Amy video that we're talking about this yeah. week. And it's another one of those instances where in the Jake and Amy video, the narrator goes, zoom, zoom, reverse zoom. And in this one, he's like, ah, 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 like for the zooms. I just, that's so weird that we would do separate zoom sins written by separate people in completely different projects that come out the same week. Uh, it's just that kind of stuff blows my mind. So. Um, and then finally, oh, now she kisses his head. About 24 hours ago, that meant a completely different thing. Uh, I yeah. thought it was really funny, too. So lots of great stuff that I wanted to mention. What about you guys? Um, I just like the whole, like, this can't be the first time she's on a trampoline. Because, <laughs> like, Elizabeth Perkins, like, <laughs> acts like, like she doesn't know how to jump. And going on her whole thing where they were kind of questioning, you know, the, the what Chris was talking about, where she had to sleep her way to the top. That one where it's like, what's so special about Golding? Who the fuck is Golding? Because he just, like, throws that at her at yeah. the last second um i had a lot of the ones you were but going off the baseball one too the kids are resorting to being rick fucking roden i thought that was really funny and um yeah and then crotch hand i thought was was quite nice simple but funny. effective simple but effective <laughs> i um as far as like the plot goes you know like the ones where it's just asking questions about how any of this works the the transformation where it's a storm at the beginning and then like a slow fade at the end even though it's an epic fade out that he walks away and we understand why just noticing that was sort of like one of those things where you're like, wow, okay, good mm -hmm. point, right? Um, the, when he leaves uh, uh, his friend in New York to walk home by himself as a child from New York back to New Jersey, that was, uh, again, one of those plot things. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really work. But I really like the the bookend sin um, where it's like the beginning asking, like, why are you leaving your door open? And then the very last sin is like, why are you leaving your door open? Like, have you learned nothing? <laughs> mm -hmm. Just a great, clever way to kind of wrap it up. Um, I also, uh, there was this one particular sin where it's like the contemplating the removal of the F-bomb, the a sin for using the F-bomb in a PG movie. But that like kids from New Jersey uh, talk like this from birth. Well, 
I heard kids from New Jersey talk like this to birds. <laughs> like, caw, caw. And so I thought that was hilarious. Just thinking about these kids learning from a very young age to just like, like throw F-bombs at birds. <laughs> so I was writing it down and then I glanced at the computer and realized it said bird. I was going to say, you know, the narration is, there's text. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was like, no, no, I'm still going to talk about this on the show. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite ones was because of a conversation that, that carried over into Slack. So I'll talk about that again, which was, uh, dude, if this guy were more of a sports asshole, he'd inject deer antler spray directly into his scrotum. And I had to ask about this in the chat because I'd never heard about mm -hmm. anything to do with deer antler spray. Deer antler spray. Yeah. All so I, said, I hadn't watched the video yet, so I didn't even know what you were talking about. And then I still tried to write jokes about it. Like, <laughs> I was like, hey, guys, what like what is this a real thing to which I learn, uh, quote, deer antler spray is a real thing. Athletes use to try and get an edge spraying it into the scrotum. Not so much. I don't think <laughs> so. Um, I guess this is a real thing. I didn't I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. All, all us dudes use it. We all have some in the the, the cabinet, the bathroom cabinet. I like how Barrett was like, don't knock it until you try it. And I responded with something snarky like, well, I'm not knocking having a scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I would never do that. I will knock injecting something into a scrotum though. I will but knock that all day. I, mean, I don't want, that's, I don't want that to happen. That's how you get scrotal necrosis. So you don't, you don't want that. <laughs> Prep the OR! Uh, very, very fun. Nice trip down memory lane. Well done, Chris and Barrett on that. Yeah, script. we're getting to do a lot of that with no like real like. Uh, I mean, I guess movies are going to kind of start coming out mm -hmm. again now. But, yeah, uh, we've gotten to. It's been kind of fun this summer. It's been good. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I, I talk, wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're? I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. Let's move on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. 
each going to tell a story from putting together the content for the week. Maybe a Google search, some strange research, a Greek mythological person that we wanted to mention, deleted sin, whatever the case may be. Uh, what do you guys got for your keeping tabs? Um, I looked up some stuff for Great Anatomy. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I remembered the Izzy drama, so I, I looked into that again, which just real briefly, in case you don't know what the big drama was with Katherine Heigl and why ultimate, like what ultimately led to her kind of getting booted. This is what happened. So she was expected to win an Emmy this particular year, um, but she announced this statement that she had to pull out of the Emmy's contention mm-hmm. because she didn't think her role in season four was quote unquote, given the material to warrant a win. Here's what she said. I did not feel that I was given the material this season to warrant an Emmy nomination and in an effort to maintain the integrity of the Academy organization, I withdraw my name from contention. Wow. In addition, I don't want to potentially take away an opportunity from an actress who was given such material. I I don't even know how to process that. That is such a there are elements of that that are respectful that i actually understand and then there's an element of it that i'm like you're basically calling your writing staff awful and you are being so disrespectful to the people who provide a job for you and i think that's the side for me that wins out i understand what she's saying and there is that doesn't matter yeah. Because if the people are loving it, it doesn't matter if it's quote unquote poorly written. If you're acting yeah. it well, that's what you're getting an award for. Let you're them taking- buy you a taco. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Holy shit. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine rejecting an opportunity to win an award like that? Can you imagine trying to buy Catherine Heigl a taco? You. I guarantee you she thought she was taking the high road. That she thought uh, she was doing, sure. doing something I think admirable. She, I think she was also letting people know how pissed she was about oh, for she sure. wasn't getting to do, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so so she when she said that, that's what created the ripples, the waves, and that is what ultimately led to her being written out of the script, um, as you can probably understand why. I don't um, know Katherine Heigl. I've never met her. I've never worked with her. But man, the stories are legend of how hard she is to work with. Like it is, yeah. it is one of those things that just comes from she, her sets, and I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about I believe, it. Because, I believe she lives about thirty minutes away from. Oh, I don't know her exact address. I just know this. City. <laughs> oh, creepo. It's around where I grew up, actually. I mean, I know she has a. I know she at some point because she's married to a country singer, I believe, or something like that. And I know they had a house in Franklin, but I don't know if they're still there. But um. yeah, she she would go on after this to be in several movies despite saying that but then yeah her her um yeah she's got a reputation for sure but but then her reputation continued that she's just difficult to work with and now you just don't see her on anything because she complained about knocked up too like Mm -hmm. knocked up was like her movie that got made her basically made her movie and i mean that's fine if you have a problem with what you're i mean it's fine but she was talking about how the way the character was portrayed later on was not very uh and she wasn't actually to be fair that some of the stuff she said wasn't wrong right um but when you couple it with other things yeah, that she's saying yeah. i think it's just in general people are like let's it's just there's a pr nightmare waiting to happen mm-hmm. so let's just avoid working with this person because you can there's other people that you can choose from yeah. um but the other thing that i like doing with Grey's anatomy was there's a there was a sin where i was trying to make fun of all the medical jargon by bringing in my own medical jargon mm-hmm. so i looked up words to try to figure out how to say <laughs> something like all of this diagnostic jargon is like verbal diarrhea or it's like 
uh, inflammation of using the wrong words. And so I kind of like pieced that together. So the panoptic overuse of argo and determinitis was kind of what I came up with. And that was a really fun thing to do. <laughs> and then I mispronounced it. Had, well, I didn't give you a, a prompt. I, I didn't give you a prompt. That was my bad. So anyway, that was my uh, beyond or yeah, keeping tabs. Not beyond. That's I not love my doing stuff. Like, I love doing <laughs> stuff like that, though. That made me think like we I did a video one time where they were playing dominoes. I think it was Despacito, actually. And I don't know anything about dominoes, but I like went in and just looked up a lot of dominoes, like phrasing and stuff that people use, like, you know, terminology and stuff. And then I started I wrote the send based around that. Like, you know, well, if he was really going to do that, he'd be flipping his you know, lid or I don't know. I don't know what the terminology was, but I enjoy learning things like mm -hmm. that. It's fun. Yeah. My keeping tab is from Brooklyn nine, nine, Jake and Amy. Cause that was the only thing I wrote on this week. And really the only thing I wanted to talk about was the plagiarism sin, because I looked up quotes on plagiarism thinking I could find easily find a, a quote about how wrong it is to plagiarize those kind of things. I wonder if somebody plagiarized a quote about <laughs> it. No. Well, that was that was the joke in the in the sins video. Yeah, uh, is that I didn't plagiarize what I clearly did. But the the interesting thing was, as soon as I looked up this list of plagiarism quotes, it's all about how great plagiarism is, and all of the quotes are about how plagiarism is like a good thing, a natural thing. And so it was one of those funny instances of being hmm. like, oh, I was looking up what I thought was going to be an easy find and it turns out most people who write quotes about plagiarism uh think it's it's not necessarily a bad thing so anyhow I, why I, do they I think it's that, not necessarily a bad thing though? well i can i you know i have a a list of 56 plagiarism quotes i can read all of them to you <laughs> no <laughs> if, if you but like but also no uh I'll, I'll read a couple maybe that'll um that'll help uh immature this is t.s Eliot. Immature poets imitate. Mature poets steal. So the idea that, that stealing things is, um, hmm. you know, whatever. Uh, Jimi Hendrix said, I've been imitated so well I've heard people copy my mistakes. I thought that was a good one. That's cool. Yeah, that was a fun mm -hmm. one. Um, I've been plagiarized before. It's not fun. <laughs> when a thing has been said and said well, have no scruple. Take it and copy it is another one from... Uh, Anatole. What is the? Isn't there something about the dearest form of flattery? Isn't that right? Like that's mm -hmm. kind of the idea. Um, when you have this was one that I could have used. When you have wit of your own, it's a pleasure to credit other people for theirs. In other words, you're not apt to plagiarize without giving credit because you've got your own wit that you can use when you need it, kind of thing. So I am never forget the day I first meet the great Lobachevsky. In one world, he in one word he told me the secret of success in mathematics: plagiarize plagiarize let no one else's work evade your eyes remember when the good lord made your eyes so don't shade your eyes but plagiarize 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 only be sure always to call it please research <laughs> <laughs> so i uh, thought that one was fun too that is funny um i could keep going but i'll just give you one more stephen wright said uh, the comedian stephen wright who's one of my favorites mm -hmm. to steal ideas from one person is plagiarism to steal from many is research and that goes <laughs> that whole thing as well <laughs> i love stephen wright he's great he's great what about you jonathan what's your uh, keeping tab um it's not like anything that exciting but like there was this part in fantasy island where michael rooker says something michael rooker plays like the that's a whole other thing in that movie that makes no sense michael rooker is this guy that's been on the island for like weeks 
because they tried to kill him or something and he's just been escaping and I don't know. I don't know. He's stuck on the island. He's trying to get off. And he says something about this island, you know, brings up your 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 most desire. And so just out of curiosity, I looked up fantasy versus desire, which I found out are actually two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we mentioned that in the sin. Well, I mean, I, and I don't know because it's fantasy is simply exercising your imagination. And then once you get to the desire, the desire is more of the it could become a reality, I guess, once you get to the desire stage. I guess the idea is that the fantasy stage is is safer and is more normal and like there's nothing to be ashamed of. But when you get to the desire part, you might want to rethink, you know, how far you're going with this. So I don't know. And then and then, of course, because of that, when you type in fantasy, you get all this sex stuff pops up. So I had I found this article called Seven Sexual Fantasies That Are Totally Normal to Have. <laughs> and so they're group That's sex. That's the lead, Jeremy. Like that, that, huh? why, are I, why do I call you Jeremy? Why do I keep I doing know. that? I thought you were making a comment about Jeremy. Go ahead. <sighs> no, I was like, I, like when you just got to that part, I'm like, that's the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but My it's research not really... led me to this uh, article. I, know. On I thought it was going to be a more interesting article, though, but it's uh, group sex, rough sex. Thrill-seeking and adventurous sex, fetishes and taboo sex, which that seems pretty like broad. I was gonna say I mean, that covers like everything else. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> yeah. some like I would think some fetishes and some article. taboo probably aren't aren't normal. Um, non-monogamous, passionate, passionate. Then, oh yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. There's passionate <laughs> what is this romantic stupid sex. Stupid article about which, sex fantasies. Which, when I saw passionate romantic sex, I was like, oh, I bet that's Dicer's fantasy. <laughs> it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. After. And then the last one was homoerotic, homoerotic sex and gender bending. Uh, but so, um, so pretty much this article could yeah. just be like fantasies yeah. about sex are fantasies about sex. The yeah. End. Yeah. Like, well, it says these are the ones that are normal to have. I guess it did say stuff like, you know, like, you know, if you're having like, I guess, fantasies about like sexual assault, something like that. Like, that's not that's not a that's not a positive. But I, um, I, I but guess I kind of. Are. I guess I kind of expected that maybe it was going to be more descriptive about specifics. Yeah, like, me too. Right. You know, fantasy is about spaghetti, super normal. <laughs> no, yeah, no, <laughs> it was just, and they had like little, like little sections about each one, but they weren't any more interesting and it was pretty just kind of generic stuff, but. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny, especially the passionate romantic sex. Like, how's that? Like, I mean, I'm not knocking anybody's fantasy, but I'm just I don't know. That just seems like that's just what you I guess if you're not having sex in real life. Well, that's what that that was my first thought was like the world we live in where passionate romantic is like a fantasy is a fantasy <laughs> i'm just like, I right. like what, i'm just what getting life like are you living where where that yeah just... like you're getting whipped you know in real life so <laughs> you like, have to have a fantasy oh man i wish like i could have sex with someone sex. that i was in love with can you imagine <laughs> yeah, what that yeah. would be like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> i wish i could i wish i could have missionary sex i wish yeah, that was a thing that i was allowed to have you know these are the but things yeah. you don't know until you read an article about fantasy. Yeah. So yeah, but fantasy and desire are two two different things. Although I don't I don't know that I really believe they are, but I guess just from a I guess from a medical standpoint or a psychological standpoint, they 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 differ them. But anyways, uh, it it led to a really fun sin about you know this is not Desire Island, Michael Rooker. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, let's move on to the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. He's going to take a look at a comment uh, that we found from many of various different sources, whether you comment on YouTube or Discord or Twitter or anywhere else. Uh, we we kind of peruse them all. Uh, I'll start 
And this was just one of those things that kind of led me down a path of, yeah, I, I, I feel that way about movies sometimes. Eight Happiness says, the biggest problem with movies like Big is that Josh was more childish as an adult than he was as a kid. And he's right. And I remember thinking the same thing about Shazam with uh, Zachary Levi, yeah. is that he's so great at being childlike uh, in an adult body, but the kid version of him is almost too adult. He doesn't have the same, you know, playfulness and fun. And I don't know why, what that is about child actors that maybe they, they feel a little more grounded or whatever, that the the real fun of childhood is almost captured in the adult version more than it is actually in the, the kids version. Um, but that seems to be kind of a common thing in these kind of movies. I don't know. Maybe as an adult, they can actually, they have the uh, physical ability and financial ability to do the things they would have wanted to have fun with as a kid, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So anyways, that, that kind of no, resonated I agree. with I agree. me. That resonated with me in an interesting way. And I feel the same about, what is it, the Jennifer Garner one, um, 13 Going oh, 13 on 30. 13 Going on 30. Yeah, I feel the same way about that one, too. She's so much, there's so much more of that kind of, you know, uh, tween mentality in her as the adult actor than the tween actor. So I don't know. I think it's a common thing in movies like no, this. No, I agree. No, that is interesting. I never really thought about that, but I think you're right. What did you guys find? Um, mine comes from our YouTube for BTS. This is from the episode 60 uh, from Ace Moonshot, who says, <laughs> YouTube BTS comments are ignored. <laughs> <laughs> and then the unread comment says, I think the BTS crew focused mainly on Twitter, Patreon, Discord comments, but I've been following the Syncast on SoundCloud for years, and Barrett's usually really good at responding to nearly every comment, but I've never seen a response from any of the BTS comments. And Ace Moonshot says, I know. I was joking because they mentioned it. Now, let me just say, <laughs> I do comment you do. on quite a lot, but apologies that we don't get to everyone. But we do see you. So I just wanted to give a shout out to our commenters on YouTube for BTS. But I also wanted to read this one from Snooker Wither um, on YouTube from the big video that says, let's see if Zoltar can put it, his money where his mouth is. Okay, that was funny. <laughs> but you have to stop adding sins to films for your own jokes. <laughs> so I just want to say to Snooker, welcome to the channel. We are <laughs> glad you're here. We're going to have to adjust a we're, little bit. We're to... glad you're here. Enjoy your stay. Enjoy your stay. You're either going to get used to this or you're really not going to have a good time. <laughs> I bet Snooker has fantasies you about know, passionate romantic sex. There was... <laughs> there was... I, I, I feel seen. There, there was a, a comment recently on a video that was very similar where somebody said something along the lines of those sins throwing off the delicate balance of the actual importance of the sin counter or something like that, where the idea was this comment was saying, when you do stuff like that, it almost makes the sin counter not as valuable to understanding whether a movie is you know, bad or good. And it's the only response to that is like, good, you're catching on now. Like, you, you know, keep going. You're starting to you're starting to get it, you know. Um, but there is this thing with some people where they do want these videos to be an actual spreadsheet of what is wrong with a movie. And that's just it's just not what this has ever been. That's the other thing mm -hmm. is right from the first video. There are jokes that have nothing to do with the movie that sins are added for. And 
it's just I think in people's minds they want sometimes want more of that. Uh, yeah, did know, they think that there's no lap dance in this scene with an actual <laughs> sin? Like, right. Yeah. So I, I just think it's it's interesting. I, I understand it. I'll say this. I get it. I get that that there is like that part of your brain that wants that. That's just not what this this channel has ever been. It's been about entertainment and watching movies with a snarky attitude. Um, but it's it's not a tally sheet. It's never actually been a tally sheet, and that's that that has to be okay, or you're going to get really disappointed uh, pretty quickly. Uh, so so yeah, I I like always. Welcome to the channel. Enjoy your stay. We hope we hope <laughs> you have a fun time. You know. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jonathan? Nice. Um, I actually, well, I had Kenzie's, the one that uh, Danae mentioned during the Fantasy Island video, but I also had another one from Fantasy Island. I had, it's what the hell am I supposed to write is the, is the commenter. When I watched the movie, I was so frustrated when Sloane's husband was asking why he should trust her. Man, that girl just told her, told him she was kidnapped and brought to an island. And this is the time you asked for an apology. Wow. (laughs) Fair point. I thought it was a fair point, too. Fair I point. Kinda, maybe we should have said something. Uh, let's move on to Beyond the Sin. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're each going to chat about something else from the world of pop culture that we've seen recently. Um, I'll kick us off. I saw The New Mutants. And it's it's about exactly what you think it's it would be after a movie has been delayed for... What is it three years how long has it been, been since a, this movie has been, been it's been a minute yeah I, I would guess two to three years somewhere in there yeah um i can tell exactly why disney was having such a hard time trying to figure out what to do with this movie because it was created by fox to be kind of in that x-men adjacent place where it could be its own thing and it looks like it's maybe wanting to be a little bit of a horror movie in some ways there's which is what fox which is what fox wanted Right. And you if can, you read into it. And yeah. you can feel that, but you can also feel that Disney didn't want that and that they wanted something that was a little more Disneyfied for lack of a better term. And so Yeah, but you, Disney didn't Disney didn't change anything. I, okay, maybe. I guess I, I guess I would have to read up on it. Uh, I would be surprised because it, it does feel like it's neutered. It yeah. it does no. it feels like a, a movie that wanted to be R that is become PG thirteen. Yeah, no, all the changes that were made were made while it was still under Fox. Disney's actually releasing it as they got it. Oh, that was so, like okay. there's been there's been articles about that. Okay, yeah. so those changes I'm feeling did happen, just not under Disney's oversight. That's my understanding. I wonder Correct. if they had to do with the knowledge of the transition of the studios because we've known about that for a long time, mm. or what the case no may clue. be. Um, I will say this. I love the X-Men universe. It is possibly my favorite superhero genre are X-Men films. And it takes a lot for me to not like an X-Men movie. And this movie is right on the border for me. I still found myself having fun time just knowing it was in the X-Men universe and knowing Mm -hmm. they were mutants and had cool mutant powers. I will say, unfortunately, some of the powers seem pretty basic to me, but the ones that don't are really imaginative and I, I really kind of enjoyed. The performances are fine. Uh, there, it just it just feels like a movie that was doctored with so much that it doesn't even know kind of what it is anymore. Yeah. And that's I think that's unfortunate because I do think there's there's good ideas here and in, in interesting concepts going on. But um, 
but it, for whatever reason, it just doesn't doesn't work overall. This is one of my all time favorite comics, so I was pretty excited about it. But I the preview I've seen the trailers. I thought it looked it looked interesting to me. Like I I didn't really know exactly where they were going with it. Um, because the New Mutants started when the X Men were like this was in the early eighties. The X Men got like basically stranded on another planet. And so Charles Xavier had to create like these, and I don't know how much they go in this movie or if they do any of this at all, but just the basic premise was that Xavier had to go and basically find new mutants that he could use and form a new X-Men. So that's why you get new mutants. And um, so I always thought that was really interesting. And it was just kind of like they were kind of restarting everything. And the X-Men came back pretty quickly. And then you had an X-Men comic and the New Mutants comic. But um, but I just always found those characters really cool. And um, it doesn't really look like they're com- they're following that too closely from the trailer. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Because um, the movie could be completely different than what the trailer's showing. But it looks to me like Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors mm-hmm. with X-Men. Yeah. I think that's a, a hilarious, valid uh, comparison. And yeah, I mean that's exactly what it looks like, and I've, I think I've heard that comparison. So maybe I'm not maybe I'm not too off. The only other um, thing, have I've... you seen Dream Warriors? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know you'd seen that. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, at one point I did. The uh, the other thing I would mention is it starts with the Marvel logo. It is mm-hmm. you know obviously in Disney's purview now. And I don't know if anybody said anything about it being part of the MCU proper, but what's nice about this movie, if they wanted to, it easily could be. It doesn't, it's so separated out that there are mentions of the X Men, but they're just mentions. And so it's one of those things where. I don't think this is how Disney wants to start their quote-unquote yeah. X-Men universe, but it could still exist in that world without having to do any kind of gymnastics gotcha. to do so. Gotcha. Yeah, so. I'm really curious what they're going to do with that. But yeah, I do know like one of the things Fox had Josh Boone change immediately was that Storm was the um, administrator mm. in the original script. And Fox was like, and apparently, like I don't know, Fox was just like, no, we're not doing that. Um, for whatever, maybe they wanted to keep that separate. Right, because something like yeah. that would screw up a like a cinematic universe idea, yeah. or it would at least define it in a way that you wouldn't want to define it. Yeah, necessarily. So, so. But, so there were some things like that that they changed, and then Fox also wanted him to lean more into the horror. Uh, whereas he was kind of fighting against that, but I don't. So I, you can I don't feel know. it. You can feel that tension. Yeah. You can definitely feel that tension. I think the movie suffers for it. I think it needed a clear yeah. sense of direction. What about you, Jonathan? What's your uh, Beyond the Sins? Um, I, I, there's a comic series. I don't know. I'm trying to think because it's so confusing right now with new comics because over the last couple months everything's kind of gotten back to normal because there for a few months, like comics weren't getting released and um, at least not a lot of the major ones weren't getting released and stuff because the, the shipping, the shipping shipments shut down and all that kind of stuff. But there's a comic that uh, I think it's boom comics uh, created Uh, They're on issue four just came out and it's called wicked things um, that I've really been getting into. It's written by John Allison and and the art is by Max Saren. They created a comic that was really popular called giant days which I've never read. I don't, Danae, do you know what that is? If you're, it was a web comic no. apparently, um, and it was very popular. But I, I've never read it. But I, I might go check it out because I'm really enjoying this one. But um, this character, uh, Charlotte Grote, is a former uh, teen sleuth, like a like a Nancy Drew. Cool. And now she's older and um, no one really cares about what she did when she was a teen. And um, obviously, like the police aren't letting her come help them solve cases or anything like that. So she decides to go to college. She goes to Oxford. And while she's there, she gets basically uh, 
like a summoning to this um, this award ceremony for um, uh, for uh, like amateur sleuths. And they said they're going to give her this award. And then so she gets there and there's all these other former like teen sleuths and whatnot and amateur sleuths that are there. And then one of them gets murdered and um, she becomes the chief suspect. So that's the first issue. And then since then, um, they've been, you know, trying to figure out she's trying to solve her, solve that, see, figure out what's going on there. And then also um, she's basically being held in police custody, but she was able to kind of she's able to kind of worm her way into letting them let her help them with some cases too um that aspect of it which has just started in this new issue i don't like as much um i'm kind of more interested in the main story and it's also i should say it's 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 a comedy like it's it's a dark comedy like it's it's supposed to be kind of making fun of all these tropes and stuff like that and she's like this uh she's this really interesting and fun character but um but i don't know it's four issues in i i i like it if you're if you're someone really into comics but you don't read as much of the superhero stuff and uh any of this interests you i think it's definitely worth checking out like i said i don't know where they're going with it from here um and I don't know how much I enjoy the stuff that she's doing with the, the with the police force, but um, but I'm still I really like the writing and the art's really cool, and it's just I don't know, it's a really nice. fun series. So that's called Wicked Things. What about you, Danae? Um, I'm going to talk about a Netflix show because, as you guys know, I've been <laughs> on a Netflix kick. Although this one is one that I'm nervous to tell you about, but also excited because my dad and I used to really enjoy watching incredibly cheesy TV shows like xena warrior princess and this is definitely in that vein <laughs> oh where it's you know uh actors and actresses you know out there with cheap sets but also not cheap at the same time like uh this is called the new legends of monkey <laughs> <laughs> it's live action it's a live action yeah it's, a, it's an australian new zealand television series but it's on netflix and it's um, I, they just came out with season two, which I think is why it was suggested. And, and maybe they had like a fan base or whatever. It was released August 7th of this year, uh, the second season. So um, which is 10 episodes. And I haven't made my way through the second season yet. Uh, the first season came out, I think, in 2018. So it's been a couple of years. But the fun thing about it is for me, it's a nostalgia thing where you're watching just, you know, TV choreographed fights and um like just it's just a ridiculousness right and mm -hmm. i just i love that stuff it's, so it's been playing in the background i haven't been 100 percent absorbed by it i'll be honest with you like i haven't been like hanging on every word of the mystery of the show which is essentially <laughs> uh it's i guess it's based off of a production like a japanese production um that was really popular at some point in time there's a chinese novel called journey into the west so I guess it's like the original one was kind of inspired from from that. And again, it's very Hercules-esque, very Xena warrior princess, but it's um, with monks and demons and gods all kind of like fighting for, for for stuff. I don't want to give away too much, but the, it's just it's silliness. Um, it's got it's got this great amount of, you know, like in Xena warrior princess, it was cheap explosions. This has got mm -hmm. the CGI thing going for it. And there's just something really fun about watching what they do in each uh, show. For me, thinking about like how things are made now more than I've really thought about that before. You know, they're in the forest or they're in this makeshift town or they're in the outskirts of a town. Or there's this entire episode in the first season that's dedicated to them being trapped in their minds. And so it, it looks like, oh, crap, I just forgot the name of that sci-fi movie with the spaceship that has like 
the language when you put your hand up against the like foggy arrival. arrival there's like this foggy window and inky writing. Like an mm-hmm. entire episode looks just like that uh, because they're all trapped in their minds and having to write this ancient script and stuff. So you are know, you it's saying just, are you saying minds with a D or minds with an E? Mind. Okay. Like your brain, they're trapped in their minds, their 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 brains, they're in like this cranium. So to me, it's kind of interesting how they like what each episode's gonna bring as they're traveling together. This monk, these gods, and this uh, legendary monkey. He's called the monkey, and he's this incredibly powerful man um, who's really cocky and goofy. And then um, like everyone's characters are just overplayed and it's ridiculously it's ridiculously stupid and i love it (laughs) so um yeah it's a it's a cautious recommend if you are annoyed by the more inexpensive productions don't watch this but if that stuff doesn't bother you and you just kind of want to watch something silly the new legends of monkey is on netflix and i i watched season one i think i would recommend season one i haven't finished watching season two but i feel like it's missing a little bit of the original charm um it does have some fun humor in it it's got some some fun character talking you know back and forth the snarkiness between the gods talking to monkey and um and all that is is sort of fun and there is a mystery that they're trying to solve and so of course you know you kind of want to see the mystery out but uh the new legends of monkeys on netflix and that's what i've been watching (laughs) Sometimes I just, I don't understand how you're not a Doctor Who fan. Sometimes, like with the way you talk about like cheap sets and liking the nostalgia yeah. of cheap productions and over the top acting and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, it really is for me. And I know it's confusing and it's got to be really frustrating as a longtime friend of Danae. But I enjoy the journey of discovering things randomly. Yes. And so when somebody recommends something to me, I don't know why. I just feel a sense of, yeah, it doesn't necessarily drop down the list. It's just like, Oh, cool. And then I just, if it comes around in my real life, I probably will watch it and maybe I'll love it and be like, Oh crap. Like I was told about this for so long, but I know myself well enough to be, if I find Dr. Who and a love of Dr. Who years down the line, I'm not going to think I missed out, but now it's just, I haven't gotten to it and I don't, tend to go there on purpose and i really wish i was different because i know when i love something i'm i want someone to watch it and like immediately talk to me about it and Mm -hmm. all that so i i feel the the pain of being my friend and i'm sorry (laughs) no you be you you you, you're just gonna keep putting you on the christmas specials whenever we do those (laughs) probably force you yes force me to watch doctor who course in fact we're doing a doctor who run we're sending every single episode and you're the only writer so (laughs) starting Um, at the very beginning i'm gonna add a new theory which is that i have this job because aaron dicer (laughs) wants me to watch content it's a secret you're not all the way wrong you're not all the way wrong Oh, man. Well, that's going to wrap it up for Behind the Sins this week. Don't forget to make sure that you're subscribed to go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. You can hang out with us on Twitter. Uh, we are at BTS on Twitter is the official Twitter for the show. Uh, you can also speak with us, DM us, whatever, individually at Aaron Dicer, at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, and myself, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting CinemaSins.com slash BTS. 
somewhere beyond the sins somewhere eating wheat thins nice is it though <laughs> good morning today hello <laughs> your daughter is drawing cats dude look at that i mean you can't see it but there's an alanis morissette performance that she did from her home like because you know the tonight shows and all those they're doing you know they just interview the people at home so there's like this performance where she's doing it over zoom or whatever one of her new songs and her daughter is like sitting in her lap and i think she's probably not much older than iris and i don't know it would make i was just it made me think of you like having to do the podcast with like iris just sitting there <laughs> it wouldn't happen she is not capable of being still for for several hours listen <laughs> listen not with that attitude she's not you listen she can draw a cat that good that well then she can sit and, and be part of a podcast she'll probably be just joining in on the body positivity conversations and <laughs> like... that cat thing was so cool because yesterday we um she's like mommy will you draw a cat and so i did and then we drew it together probably about 12 times and when this morning she wakes up and she goes to a piece of paper and she just starts drawing the same exact cat. But this time she didn't need prompts from me or reminders of what happened. She did it in the exact same order. We did it. In the, we did it the same thing over and over and over again in the same order. And and there's this one particular part after you draw the triangle nose where you're doing like the little uh, U-shaped mouth. And I would say, no, this is the tricky part. So then today when she was drawing it, she's like, now this is the tricky part. <laughs> nice. It was so adorable. When she was done, did she say, I'm a cat? Meow. Meow. I'm excited. My family is doing a Bill and Ted marathon tonight. We're watching all three movies, and uh, none of them have watched any of the Bill and Ted movies yet. So I know... I know that that part. I know that there are parts that won't hold up well, but uh, but <laughs> such is life when you show your kids movies from the '80s. I haven't seen Bogus Journey in a long time. Yep, I'm. I haven't seen either of them in a long time. I'm excited. Um, it was weird. I, Excellent Adventure actually was a little better than I thought it was going to be. But I always kind of preferred that one. I know a lot of people prefer Bogus Journey, and maybe if I watched it now, I would too. But I remember as a youngin, I preferred the first one. Uh, but I never was like huge on either one of them. Like yeah. I, th those were never like a huge part of my zeitgeist. I mean, I, I mean, I quoted them and stuff because everybody did. But is saying the word "dude" quoting a movie? <laughs> I was gonna say like, Danae, what's your uh, your Bill and Ted party on quoting history? Um, whoa, dude. <laughs> <laughs> She's got this little drawing pad. Um, it, it reminds me of like a magna doodle from back in the day where yes. you just draw on it and then you can magna swipe them. Except for there's no swiping. You just press a button and it clears the entire screen. Hmm. Swiper no swiping. I wonder what's the name of that drawing pad. Of course, a, a drawing pad now is something that people use to actually draw with their computers. Right. Aha. You're talking about an Etch-a-Sketch? No, it's called a boogie board. That's something you swim on in the ocean. They're really cool. You find them at like Barnes and Noble and other places where, you know, you can kind of pick up some pretty cool items. But essentially, however, I don't understand how it works. I'm going to look this up. I've got the boogie board stuff. This is so fascinating. So a boogie board, um, it just looks like a, it looks like an iPad, essentially. It's like a black screen. Uh, but it's not really a screen. It's just very thin plastic. And then there's a place where a, a, a pen kind of clicks in and then there's a little button at the bottom. So it's called the boogie board. It sandwiches trillions of liquid crystals, Ooh. tiny molecules that arrange themselves in spirals. Trillions, you say? Trillions of liquid. It, it, it sandwiches in between two plastic sheets. 
But then when you apply direct pressure, like with a pen, it forces the spirals to stand upright and then the light from around you bounces off of those crystals, making it look like a naturally bright, whitish or colored because hers is green. Non, No energy hogging lamp needed, says the website. And then so you can write whatever you want on a list, a to-do list, a note or whatever. And when you press the button, it clears everything that is sandwiched between those two sheets that's been pressed together like it kind of wipes the whole entire screen at once oh hold on a second guys look look at this i don't know if you can, can you see it's, it's kind your of brother reflective. yeah what's he what's he up to i'm so proud of him so he's in this thing called makers uh, it looks so good i've been waiting to see this all day makers mark yeah that's something i've heard of that finish makes a big difference ah that looks so good green on the top i wish you guys could see it green ones and they're in the dark too oh my god i'm sorry guys I ha- no, I've been good. waiting on this all month. You're good. Enjoy your moment. That's so rad. I'm so proud of him. He's such a... So for the entire month, the makers and crafts section of Twitch, they have a Discord. And they did this challenge where he tried to make something that was UFO related. I think I told you about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's... And he created a UFO out of wood. But what I didn't know is he was going to add a tractor beam to the bottom. So it's like a cone shaped piece of wood that he's attached to the bottom of the ship. And so it stands on this cool tractor beam co- cone. It's just really, really, really cool looking. That was amazing. The, the only feeling, the only worst feeling in life is when you pour a bowl of cereal and then realize there's no milk. That's the only thing I can compare it to where it's like you thought you had something beautiful. I mean, and then... <laughs> depends on the cereal, though. Like Fruit Loops, I can eat without cereal. You know, like I can eat without milk if I have to. Like, you know. Yeah, no, that's like, true. Cheerios or probably not. But... Cheerios. I like Cheerios without milk. I'm not a, I'm not a Cheerios fan. So I have trouble with the sugar cereals without milk because I need the milk to cut the sugar. Like it's too sweet to eat like Fruit Loops or, you know, sugar smacks, that kind of thing. I don't know. I don't understand you. (laughs) I have a new chiropractor. It's going very well. Uh, Really feel like I'm getting a handle on some uh, body pain that I haven't had a handle on in a long time, which is really fun. Yeah, you've talked about that. And uh, one of the things they do at the end of every session is they use a massage gun. Have you ever had a massage gun used on you before? Do you know what this is? Are you is? talking about a sex toy? Um, I was about to say I've using, had my gun massaged, but I was you, joking. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. And now I know what podcast I'm on. Uh, if if you are using one of these as a sex toy, um, you are hurting yourself. This is this is not this is not what this is designed for. Hey, don't kink shame. I'm not kink shaming. I'm just saying, you know, it's. That, that would not seem to be pleasurable for me, for either a man or a woman, to put this against those precious parts of our bodies. Uh, this is a, um, I think it's called an... Now that's all I want to do, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> well, so I, I'm, I'm going to look up what it's called. It's something Volt. I can't remember. But it, 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 def- it is shaped like a gun. You pull the trigger and it just pulverizes like knots in like muscles and stuff i've never had anything like this it completely relieves all my like right side upper tension that i always carry around with me and i walk out of there just feeling like i can you know turn my head as far as i want like there's just like all the pain's gone but it is intense like when they are um when they are i i I can't think of a way to say this that doesn't sound pervy uh, they are beating on you, beating you off, beating, like, I can't, I can't find the, but when they are pulverizing your meat, 
Uh, <laughs> nope, still not there. Uh, when when they are tenderizing uh, your muscles with this thing, it is intense. Like you, like I have trouble almost breathing. It's so intense. Like it's it's crazy. I've never experienced anything like it. Uh, my wife has started going there as well. And uh, upon return from her first visit, she was like, how much are these? Where can we buy them? And I was just like, yeah, I'm totally with you. But when you abbreviated it the other day that you were doing, you were going to the chiropractor, I read that as Chiro. So that's why I was like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Going to the Chiro. Going, and then, once I'm back from the Chiro. Because nobody nobody abbreviates chiropractor. Uh, in I writing. do. Everybody. Everybody says in Chiro. Writing? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm seeing it's about $350 for this thing. That is correct. 300 300 to 400 bucks for the good ones. Yeah. I mean it's like a piece it's like a piece of construction equipment for your body. Like it's cre- like right. it's, it looks like a like a nail gun yeah. or a you're you not, know you're not you're not selling this to me. <laughs> like, it, it delivers 3200 percussions per minute. Yes. It's I, I, again, I'm telling you, I've ne- I've never experienced anything like this before in my life. It's insane. It's glorious. Four head attachments, three speed settings. Yeah, this is some kind of a tool, man. <laughs> I know. I know. Three hours per charge. <laughs> I don't think it was created for humans probably either. And then somebody just randomly got hit with one and they're like, ooh, that fixed something. <laughs> oh, this, this is it. Powerful high torque motor featuring quiet glide technology. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you don't want it like <laughs> scraping your skin off when you move it around. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> Shut your face. For once, it's you and not me. So. <laughs> <laughs> There are so many of those funny like stories, whether they're true or not, I don't care. Like, you know, Reddit or just things that are linked, you know, where it's like somebody purchases a personal vibrator for massage purposes, like on their body, but it looks just like a sex toy. Uh huh. Or someone purchases a sex toy thinking that it's a personal vibrator <laughs> for their body and they're like, <laughs> you know, at home holding on. Holding a vibrator on their neck, and that's just funny. To me. It's just Guys, funny this new to massager me. I got is great. Or like somebody who inadvertently gets a sex toy on Amazon for a Christmas gift, and then everyone just they open up the Christmas present with everybody around them, and it's just grandma who has no idea what's going on, just like massaging her neck with a big penis. It's just funny to me. I'm sorry. I think our script is pretty pretty good though. So you prob- I don't think you're going to have to add too many commas. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, bu- I bought something called Miracle Grow for plants. That's, is that something you've that. never heard of before? I, I've heard of it before, but I've oh, never okay. interacted with it before. Well, you do know the miracle part isn't that you just put it on once and then the plants just live forever, right? You know, you, know the, the, you, you are still involved in keeping the plant alive after you put the Miracle Grow on. I just want to make sure... You know how how far the miracle extends. It's a it's a it's a recurring miracle. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I can't, we can't find Miracle Grow. Every time my husband goes to the grocery store or anywhere, there's no Miracle Grow. There's because and this is my theory. Everybody is getting house plants because everybody is stuck inside because they need something to do. And house plants, you can't just like go buy them the same way that you could six, ten, twelve months ago. It's like you have to hunt for plants. <laughs> people are buying them online and then they're like oh i have to get miracle grow now and so there's like there's no miracle grow anywhere so i had to order some on amazon because i really i mean i shouldn't say amazon because that's like political now i had to order some online <laughs> and 
And I didn't realize, I thought it was like, oh my God, this is kind of expensive. Okay, so I bought 10 pounds of it. <laughs> and it comes in these really long sleeves. What? And then it also comes with this little scoop. And and on the little, there's a bigger scoop on one side and a little bit like a teaspoon sized scoop on the other. And I was instructed to put one teaspoon per gallon of water for my houseplants. So I have 10 pounds <laughs> this stuff <laughs> and i'm gonna be using like time a <laughs> it's gonna like, it's gonna last through <laughs> to your grandchildren's plants <laughs> like we will never need this stuff you'll again be, you'll be you'll, you'll be dividing up your your possessions after you're gone your kids will be like all right who gets the eight eight pounds of miracle growth that we've still got left oh you saying that thing about uh why is it costing so much reminds me of the time there was a Wheaties shortage. Do you remember this? And I bought a box of Wheaties off Amazon for 20 bucks and thought I no. was getting several boxes of Wheaties, but it was one box of Wheaties for $20. Because <laughs> <laughs> none of the grocery stores had them. And so there was just like a run on Wheaties and like a price gouge. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm like I'm waiting for my pallet of Wheaties to arrive and it's like one box. I'm like I paid 20 bucks. That's like that's like $5 per bowl of cereal. Like it was crazy. I just like come on. Yeah, this was back in 2018. I just did a search. Where are the Wheaties? General Mills is facing a cereal shortage. This is back in July of 2018 suggested um article aaron dicer purchases <laughs> there's a bunch like it's like shortage has wheaties fans missing their breakfast of champions july 2018 where are the wheaties big g faces cereal shortage july 2018 hey where did all the wheaties go july August. i can't believe i spent 40 dollars on this <laughs> box of crap Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 